BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Well, good afternoon, everyone, from College Station, Texas. Barney Hall and Jackie Root ready to bring you the broadcast of the Texas 400. And Jackie Root, there's one word for the Speedway, and it's hot today. Barney, that could be a key factor in who wins this race. Of course, you've planked some of the top Winston Cup Grand National drivers on the grid. But we were talking to Bud Moore just last night, and he's the last time these cars came to College Station, Texas. The temperature soared into over 100 degrees, and it dropped a lot of the front runners out just from heat exhaustion. Could be a main story here. Ned Jarrett will be covering the action down on Pit Road for the MRN Broadcasting Company will be keeping us abreast of just how the drivers are faring in this heat and humidity. Well, the drivers have not been here to Texas World Speedway since 1973, the last time a regular schedule Winston Cup race was held here at Texas, and the last race that was ran here in 73 was won by Richard Petty, and that was the time he clinched the point championships for the Winston Cup driving title. He could have kind of laid back that day, but he didn't. Petty charged all day long, and I think he'll do the same thing here today. He likes this racetrack, and he's pretty close to the front. There's usual, there have been some big surprises in qualifying, Jackie. The story has got to be the rookie crop. We've talked about it since we started racing in the Winston Cup Grand National Trail in 1979 at Riverside International Raceway, and already they've planked two of them in the front two rows, and Barney, it's going to be a tremendous race for the rookie title, but also here this afternoon, last practice yesterday, they were going three and four abreast out of turn four, dicing it up for the lead. The rookies against some of the established superstars. The fans continue to come into the speedway to watch the Winston Cup drivers do their thing, and they haven't had a chance to see them out in this part of the world since 1973. Let's take a look at the starting lineup at this time. Starting in 34th position in car number 58 is John Haver from Houston, Texas in the Camera World Canon Chevrolet. 33rd position will be Mike Kempton, a young driver from Shawnee, Kansas in the Pro Shop Chevrolet. Starting 32nd is Bill Mizell from Nogaduchas, Texas. He's in the Lowry U-Haul Chevrolet. And starting 31st will be car number 24, Cecil Gordon from Forest City, North Carolina in the Gordon and Barnacle Oldsmobile. And Jackie, he's had some of his best finishes here at the Speedway. Cecil's finished in the top five a couple of times in, in some of the past races here, and he looks for a good finish here today if he can hang it all together. Starting 30th in car number 09, surfacing back there is Dick May from Charlotte, North Carolina in the CRC Chemicals Oldsmobile. 29th position belongs to Earl Canavan. He's from Fort Johnson, New York, in the Irish Spring Soap Dodge. Going 28th on the grid is number 32. That's Jimmy Finger from nearby Austin, Texas, in the Vita Fresh Ferris Chevy Buick. And he will be a man that will bear some watching, Barney Hall. He was the winner of the Texas Grand Prix here one short year ago for short track aces. He's run a couple of Winston Cup Grand National events, but this is his home track. Jim Hurlbut of Mahanam, Illinois, in the White Crown Engineering Ford, starts 27th. Mike Potter of Johnson City, Texas. Tennessee has brought his Miller Chevrolet to 26th on the grid. And H.B. Bailey, a former Grand American driver from Houston, Texas, in the Alameda Auto Parts Pontiac, will be starting 25th. Incidentally, H.B. was the 1977 winner of the Texas Race of Champions here, and they're 
probably be giving him quite a cheer this afternoon when he comes onto the speedway. Continuing with the starting lineup this afternoon in 24th position is John Rezek of Alvin, Texas, the RPM Enterprises Oldsmobile, a very impressive driver at Daytona back in February. He came down there and qualified in the ARCA division, ran extremely strong, and ran very well with the Winston Cup drivers. He's a very impressive young driver he'll bear watching this afternoon. 23rd starting spot goes to Jimmy Means, the young driver from Huntsville, Alabama, the Mr. Transmission Chevrolet. 22nd position is Billy Hagan of Lafayette, Louisiana in the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. And J.D. McDuffie takes off from 21st position from Sanford, North Carolina in the Bailey Excavating Chevrolet. The Iron Peddler Chevrolet from Monroe, North Carolina's Baxter Price finds himself on the outside of row 10 and flanking him on the inside is Richard Childress of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He'll be driving his own CRC Chemicals Oldsmobile. Frank Warren of Harrisburg, North Carolina will be driving the native tan Dodge from row 9 on the outside in 18th position. And on the inside side, Buddy Arrington of Martinsville, Virginia in the Reeds Trailer Sales Dodge. Eighth row finds James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, driving the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet. And on the inside, 1978 NASCAR Rookie of the Year from Christiansburg, Virginia, driving the Stones Cafeteria Chevrolet. It'll be Ronnie Thomas. Fourteenth position in the field is Tommy Gale. He's from North Huntington, Pennsylvania, driving the Sunny King Ford Honda-sponsored car. Bruce Hill will start from 13th position from Union City, Georgia, and the Global Heat Exchange Buick. And in 12th spot is D.K. Aldrich, the driver from Harrisburg, North Carolina, in the Midwest Farm Lines Buick. Lenny Pond will go from position number 11 in the field this afternoon. Lenny from Chester, Virginia, in the Ken Cole Chevrolet. And then back in 10th position, very impressive rookie driver this year, Joe Milliken from Randomer, North Carolina, the Appliance Wheel Chevrolet. Richard Petty starts in 9th position in the STP Chevrolets from Randomer, North Carolina, and last week, he almost pulled it out up at Charlotte, North Carolina in the World 600. And everybody thinks he'll be the sleeper again here today. Barney, he's brought a brand new car here to Texas World Speedway. And Dale Lindman and Maurice Petty, who is sitting back in the garage in Randleman, North Carolina, listening to this broadcast, have really done their homework in preparing that machine. It was not the greatest qualifying effort, 164.824 miles per hour. But when you look at the fact that it's a brand new car and they were working the bugs out as late as yesterday afternoon, that car will bear watching when we drop the green flag on the Texas 400. Fourth row, we'll find Benny Parsons of Ellaby, North Carolina, and the M. C. Anderson Chevrolet. Parsons switching to MC Anderson's team in the Griffith Marine Chevrolet for this race and they are still winless on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail but they are getting closer every day. Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia has put the trucks more mercury into seventh position and then starting sixth from Hueytown, Alabama in the Warner W. Hodgden Bud Moore tuned Ford Thunderbird. It's the leader of the Alabama gang from Hueytown, Alabama. It's Bobby Allison and all of the drivers feel that Allison has the edge. He's run USAC car events here in the past. He's got more laps here than any of the Grand National drivers. And going into the race, Bobby Allison, they all say you're the man to beat. Do you agree? No. Well, because you've run here before. Do you think that'll help at all, Bobby, the fact that you have run the USAC events? It probably helped me the first lap of practice that I made. You know, I knew about where to go on the racetrack, but uh, these NASCAR guys, you know, by the time they run three or four laps, uh, you're not going to fool any of them. They're right in the groove, too. And, uh, as it showed in qualifying, uh, I ended up back there in sixth with a with a pretty good race car. Really, I just uh, got beat by five other guys that uh, adapted to the track immediately and had their cars going good. 
In the third row on the inside, another driver that's extremely pleased about the car that he has planked on the inside of that third row, driving the Bush Beer Chevrolet from Timmonsville, South Carolina. It's three-time NASCAR Winston Cup champion Cale Yarbrough. And for Yarbrough, he's got to be tickled having the Monte Carlo here after the performance at Dover. Well, I sure am. Uh, I just feel like this Monte Carlo is, uh, you know, a, a better race car for a place like uh, Texas here where it's so rough. And, you know, then we go from here to uh, Riverside and you need it there on the road course. And uh, it's just a better race car for that type of racetrack. Well, the hottest driver on the circuit this year, Darrell Waltrip, will square off from fourth position this afternoon in the Gatorade Chevrolet. Then in third spot, the rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, who's set the racing world on its ear. And that's, of course, Dale Earnhardt in the Austerlin Chevrolet. And he will certainly bear watching. He's pumped up higher than a kite going into today's race. And he's also pumped up higher than a kite about a phone call that he got just this week. And we'll be telling you more about that in the body of this MRN Broadcasting Company broadcast. He has been chosen for what will have to be an historic event as far as rookies are concerned. We'll tell you more about that later. Front row will find another surprise, Barney, from Corpus Christi, Texas, and due to the fact that A.J. Foyt is not here, all of the eyes of Texas are upon the rookie Terry Labonte in the Stratograph Chevrolet. He had the pole right up until the last moment. Buddy Baker came out and beat him, but going on the outside of the front row has got to be a big thrill for Terry Labonte. Did you surprise yourself with your qualifying run, Terry? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, we were running fairly good, but I didn't really think we had a shot to run, uh, you know, for the front row or nothing. What was it like, though, Terry, knowing that it was the last car that was going to pop you out of the pole? I mean, it, that had to be kind of an emotional experience for you. Well, you know, after we qualified, we looked in the line, and uh, yeah, I figured he would, would be the one that would get it if uh, anybody would. That's the voice of Terry Labonte, and it'll be interesting to see how he does. Jackie, he also is really psyched up about this race this afternoon. The fans have already given him a big cheer when he was introduced in pre-race festivities trackside, and I think he'll be running up front most of the afternoon if the car holds together. Of course, on the pole, Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Spectra Chevrolet. This has been a good season for Baker in a lot of ways, but it's been very disappointing in a lot of other ways. But he will square off from the pole position this afternoon. And missing from the crew of the Spectra 250 win Chevrolet is crew chief Herb Nabb. Herb is elected to stay in Charlotte, North Carolina for a couple of weeks, and Waddell Wilson will be calling the shots here trackside. It'll be interesting to see how that team fares starting from the pole position. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford Tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Texas World Speedway, we're waiting for the engines to fire down on pit road. That command should be coming up very shortly. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett, who will be covering the action pit side this afternoon. Bernie mentioned earlier that heat could be a problem here today. There's a slight breeze stirring right now, which 
is helping as far as the heat situation is concerned and also there are a few clouds in the sky and as they move over the sun that will help too but most of the drivers and the crews are concerned about the heat here today because certainly it's hotter than they've run before this year or on the circuit this year they have of course run in many races where the temperature was higher but the humidity is very high here and uh, they're trying to prepare themselves for it so that's something that we will be keeping our eyes on here during the afternoon and as always pit stops are very very important and the crew seems to be up to the work that's before them here and ready for it and anxious for this race to get started. Well, there's another factor in the heat and the humidity also, Ned, and that is the performance of an engine. A lot of times it's very difficult to dial one in and get the timing just right in it when there's as much moisture in the air and you can lose a lot of horsepower. And if you get it dialed in wrong, you can lose an engine. I think that had one something to do with the speed that they ran here in qualifying. Of course, the record was set back many years ago by Buddy Baker up about 176 miles an hour, and he almost ran 168 in qualifying here. But I think the fact that it rained uh, on the qualifying day, they didn't get in as much practice as they wanted, and didn't really get those engines tuned and the jet size in the carburetor and the difference in the timing and the things that they have to do to adjust for the humidity. But a long practice session yesterday afternoon helped them in that respect and they really worked here during that period of time so I think they have them pretty well dialed in now. Covering the action around the racetrack, we are located directly above starter Chip Warren, high atop the grandstands here, Barney Hall and I covering the action at the stripe. It's a bank super speedway, much akin to Michigan International Raceway, where we will be very shortly for the running of the Gabriel 400. In fact, the racetrack was built by the same people. Located here in College Station, Texas, however, it's more like an oval. As you come across the start-finish line, you ride the banking down into turn number one, and covering the action there today for MRN is Mike Joy. As you say, Jack, this track looks to be a, drawn from the same drafting pencil that produced Michigan International Speedway. 22-degree banking down here in turns one and two, but to drive this, it would be driving it a lot like Daytona International Speedway, where the cars will have to run up high. At this end of the racetrack, the low groove is, is quite pitted and rutted, and most of the cars won't want to run down there. They'll start about in the middle lane and also work up to the top lane as the race progresses. They have to be driving up high a lot during the race to keep the marbles and the debris from forming up in that top lane and taking it away. There is room for two and even three cars wide down here, but staying out of that bottom lane will be critical to getting around this track. The low lane is not the fast way. They come out of that 22-degree bank at turn two and head down the long, flat backstretch. In fact, the backstretch is the only flat part of this two-mile oval. Back to you in the tower. And one of the things that comes into play on that long backstretch, as flat as it is and as wide as it is, is the fact that the draft becomes very critical. It's not the Daytona or Talladega Super Speedway type draft, but it's right at the point where a lot of the cars, namely the Ford products, could begin to sniff out a draft a little bit better than, let's say, the Chevrolets. After you run the shoot and scoot down the backstretch, you head up into the turns once again, this time in three and four, and that's going to be a unique place to cover the action for Eli Gold. Well, Jackie, indeed, the factor here, again, a 22-degree banking, but that's not the story. The turn here is also very, very wide, but there is a difficulty factor built in here as well. The drivers don't like the low side of turns three and four either, so the wide turns tend to become awfully narrow. Of course, there is a good bit of passing room off the number four corner. As you mentioned earlier, it was not uncommon to see them going three and four wide coming down toward the start-finish line, but everybody again in turns three and four will be running much higher than they'd like. They'll pretty well split the turns down the middle, slide out towards 
the wall, exiting number four, and then continued that long, sweeping curve back towards the start line. But again, it could be the exciting part of the racetrack here this afternoon. We'll set to bring the action to you. A lot of the excitement you've already heard from Ned Jarrett, who will be covering the action on pit road. But, Ned, there is also a problem that could arise on pit road. In fact, directly across the start-finish line, the winters have not been kind to the Super Speedway since 1973. And there's a slight hump. And these drivers that come in and out of here, zipping in for service from the crews, they will have to contend with that hump as well on pit road, as well as the problems on the racetrack. Yes, they will, Jackie. They're going to have to be very careful as they enter and exit. And since the, the biggest of the bumps on pit road is about the center, the cars that will be pitting down towards turn one will be coming in faster. So they are going to have to be very careful as you go across it. And that those that are pitting back towards the fourth turn, as they accelerate out of the turn, they'll have to be careful, probably more careful than those uh, the other direction because they will be accelerating and they could even break an axle or pop a clutch or there's a lot of things that could happen and of course not to mention the fact that they could uh, even spin out of control. I think they've uh, been in and out enough here and they realize it's there so if they don't forget it when they come in that first time or go out that first time they should be able to negotiate it okay. So there are a lot of factors that must be contended with, Barney, in addition to just some flat-out racing. Don't get us wrong. The Speedway is conducive to that type of action. We saw it in practice yesterday where a lot of the front runners were drafting 12 and 13 cars long and then fanning out as they came out of these turns to try and dice for the lead at the line. I think they've seen some of the best racing here in the early years, in the early 70s, the last few times they were here that we've seen on any of the tracks. As you mentioned a moment ago, it is almost a sister track to Michigan and most of the drivers. That's probably their favorite track as far as racing the way the track is laid out, and it should be some good competition all afternoon here today at Texas World Speedway. And one of the factors that we will have to watch as well, and we'll be giving you an insight into the Rookie of the Year challenge for 1979, it is a hot one. Only three points separate first and second, and you've got two of those drivers. The third, Terry Labonte, has planked himself on the outside. Dale Earnhardt leads, and Joe Milliken runs in second. And even the Railbirds, the people that have been around NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Racing for so long, are saying that it's very possible that a rookie could win here in the Texas 400 today. Well, I think we could see that. We're definitely going to see it. Joe Milliken feels like he's kind of been left out as far as been running up front and having a shot at winning this year, and I think he's going to pull the stops here today. Well, let's go down to the pits right now and Ned Jarrett. Barney, you were talking about those rookie drivers and, of course, Terry Labonte sitting on the outside pole here today, and I feel one of the people that's been very responsible for his good runs this year is Darrell Bryant of High Point, North Carolina, who's a crew chief on that Stratograph Chevrolet number 44. Darrell, as they get ready to buckle themselves up here and Terry starting the furthest up he ever has, you as a crew chief, what kind of a feeling do you have? Are you nervous as you go into this race? No, not really, Ned. Uh, we've been here before with different people, and... All I think I can tell him, just go as hard as we can go, and I think the boy can do the job. Well, Darrell, you're a former driver yourself. That has to help you some in setting the car up and also in communicating with Terry Labonte. Yes, that's true, Ned. Uh, a lot of times I can watch where he's running on the racetrack, and I can give him pointers of where he needs to go, and I think that helps him a lot. There's been a lot said about this young man so far this year, and, of course, he's backed up everything that has been said about it. How do you see him? Well, I see a great potential here, Ned. Uh, he's got good talent he's a good consistent driver and he's a hard charger at times whenever everything's working fine he can do the job well does he ask you for a lot of advice yes uh, we we try to work together real good we'll keep our eyes on you here this afternoon good luck to you thank you Ned. that's daryl bryant the crew chief on the car number 44 on the outside pole getting ready for a start in this afternoon's texas 400 from texas world speedway this is the mrn broadcasting company the nascar season is here and toyota racing is looking for clashers 
Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the field is fired and they are moving down the back stretch. And an indication, I believe you said, Jackie, will be they will get the green the second time by. That is correct, Barney Hall, but already there has been one major problem, and that occurred on Terry Labonte's car that started on the outside. And for that story, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Ned's checking out the story there in the MRN Broadcasting Company. We talked to Dale Earnhardt. We talked to Dale Earnhardt before the start of the race, Barney. And as we said, we are going to be telling you a little bit later about a great break that he's had. And very shortly, he'll be making an announcement that could set the racing world on its ear very shortly. Well, here comes the field out of the start-finish line, and the Texans here come to their feet to give them a cheer to get them underway. And the next time by, they will get the green to go for 400 miles in the Texas 400 here this afternoon. Again on the front row, it's Buddy Baker, who has earned the pole position for today's race. Flanking him on that outside front row, the young driver from Corpus Christi, Texas, is Terry Labonte, and they will be giving him quite a yell all afternoon. Splendid run for him. He felt like he had a good shot at the pole, and Baker was the last car to go onto the track the other day that had a shot at knocking him off that number one starting spot, and he did it. But he's not too disappointed because any time you can start on the front row with the likes of competition that's here, you're in heavy company. Field just heading down into the south end of the track. They are passing Mike Joy's location. Field starting to bunch up, Barney, in the top five or six rows. They're pretty well aligned. Everyone falling in behind the pace car. No problems anywhere through the field as now they get into the back stretch and the back rows begin to close it up. They'll be well tightened up by the time they get to turn three. 34 starters in this afternoon's Texas 400. It's the first time they've been here since 1973. The drivers anxious to get it on this afternoon. They like this racetrack, and as we mentioned in our broadcast earlier, there is a little roughness down in the very bottom lane of the speedway, so the groove will be up in the center and all the way toward that wall as the day progresses. They're moving up into turn number three in the vicinity of Eli Gold. As we quickly set the field again, the front row, Buddy Baker and Terry Labonte. Second row, Dale Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip. Row three, Cale Yarbrough and Bobby Allison. Right now, they're running double file in that middle groove through turns three and four. It's the 22 degree banking. The pace car begins to pick up just a little bit speed as it heads to the higher side of the turn. Looks down now towards the entry to pit road. The yellow lights have been extinguished. The pit road is now visited by the pace car and Barney Hall. They head to you for a start. As the pace car dives onto pit road, here comes the field and they are just nose to tail, just inches apart. Probably going about 80 miles an hour. They're a couple of hundred yards away from the start finish line. Chip Warren with a hand signal waves them to kind of slow it down for a good clean start. Here's the green flag. And the field is underway for the Texas 400. Buddy Baker comes up through the gears a little bit quicker than Labonte and heads off into turn one. Back about the fifth row, they go double, triple file as Labonte comes up through the gears. He is even with Baker entering the first turn. Baker runs it way down low. That's not supposed to be the fast way around, but he's making it work. Terry Labonte in the middle groove. 
The Texas Pride coming out of turn two, dead even with Baker for the lead. Earnhardt and Yarborough are locked up for third spot with Darrell Walter fifth. Labonte edges out of the backstretch and Kale goes to the inside. Kale makes it three wide as he takes the inside and comes alongside Terry Labonte right now. Drop kicking Buddy Baker back to fourth running position. Still Terry Labonte riding the high side. He's close in with Kale. Way down low as they go three wide through the turn. It's Buddy Baker trying to lead the way through lap number one. Three deep. Make that four deep as they come to the start finish line in the first lap of the Texas 400. It will be Labonte by just about a foot as they head back into turn four. Turn one, they are still four deep. They bring it back down to triple file, and a new boy in town is Darrell Walter. He has moved up toward the lead position. Baker challenges him on the bottom. Labonte is back to third. Earnhardt is fourth. Yarborough fifth. Bobby Allison sixth. Then Ricky Rudd, Betty Parsons, Richard Petty ninth. In the backstretch, it is still Walter, but he has lots of company. Buddy Baker trying to sneak up alongside Labonte, but again, Buddy Baker, as he did this first lap through, he seems to be losing positions heading up into the turn. Baker now running fourth behind a single-file choo-choo train of Waltrip, Labonte, Dale Earnhardt. Then comes Buddy Baker exiting four. Field comes out of four, and coming all the way from fourth position to the lead is Waltrip. Here he comes across the stripe. Labonte drafts him just inches away. Earnhardt is third. Baker is fourth. Kale is fifth. Bobby Allison is sixth. They're back in one. Eleven cars in the lead draft run single file into one. They begin to use the top part of the racetrack, running the middle groove. Waltrip leads it. Going for second is Earnhardt out of turn two. Dale Earnhardt runs high on Terry Labonte. The two rookies locked in a battle. Here comes Buddy Baker on the inside, going to make it three wide in the backstretch. One more time. Three abreast as they go down the back straightaway. Buddy Baker taking the inside. This time he tries to step on the button, but it remains three wide. Now Labonte backs off as they go into the turn. It's going to be Buddy Baker running second behind Darrell Walchip. A bit of a higher groove now for the third place runner, Dale Earnhardt. Then comes Labonte in fourth. Well, as a jockey for that second, third, fourth, and fifth position, it allows Waltrip to pull away a bit. He has an eight-car advantage over Buddy Baker, who's in second, now up to third, is Earnhardt. And, Jackie, it looks like we're going to see the same kind of race we've seen for the last two events. Just nose to tail. They will not crack the throttle, and they'll run full bore all day. Well, they're going to run flat out, and this is conducive here at Texas World Speedway. At the present time, it's Darrell Waltrip leading Buddy Baker, and the rookie Dale Earnhardt showing in third. Terry Labonte is fourth, running in fifth is Cale Yarbrough, as Yarbrough now sneaks a peek to the inside midway down the backstretch. Behind Cale Yarbrough, we have running order of Bobby Allison, Ricky Rudd, Richard Petty. Then the Joe Milliken car followed by Lenny Pond. That's the 11 car front draft. They exit number four, trying to look to the inside of Darrell Waltrip as Baker, but he tucks back in second place and they run single file to the line. And Jackie, one car already in the pits. That's Jimmy Finger of Austin, Texas. The valve cover came loose on it, so they're tightening it up. He's hoping to get back in the action. Another top driver, Frank Warren in his native tan Dodge. They are getting assistance on pit road as well. Leaders work turn two. Darrell Waltrip leads about a two. They're single file. Baker's in second. Earnhardt is now third. Terry Labonte is now comfortably in the fourth position. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. Bobby Allison sixth. Ricky Rudd seventh. And Richard Petty eighth in the back straight. Milliken running ninth. Lenny Pond is running tenth on the field. Then D.K. Ulrich running eleventh. And running twelfth, Richard Childress in the CRC Chemicals car. Your leaders work through the groove, middle groove of turns three and four. It's still Darrell Walchip. Earnhardt tried to sneak down low and look inside, but had no room. And it's again single file exiting the turn. Racing full throttle here at the Texas World Speedway, Winston Cup NASCAR style. The field heading up into Eli Gold in turn four. It's still Walter, Buddy Baker, Dale Earnhardt in that running order tightly. Now closing behind them, Cale Yarbrough, followed by Allison, Labonte, Ricky Rudd, and Richard Petty. Beautiful racing here this afternoon. It's a very hot day at Texas World Speedway, and if they maintain the pace that they've started out here this afternoon, there will be some exhausted drivers before the day is over. They're back to Mike Joy. Challenge for the lead at turn one is Buddy Baker has the Spectra Oldsmobile in the lower groove against Darrell Walter. They are side by side working out of turn two. 
Earnhardt remains in third with Cale Yarbrough on his bumper, and it is still Waltrip with the advantage. But it is a battle for the lead as Buddy Baker, who has the inside, steps on it one more time. He pulls right alongside and goes down underneath Darrell Waltrip. Buddy Baker, who is indeed running well on the lower side of the racetrack, where the driver said that was not the place to go. Baker has it in front. Now Waltrip going way high through number four corner. He's still in second. Earnhardt third. Yarbrough tight in fourth. Field comes back to the stripe, and Buddy Baker has the lead by half a car length. Waltrip wants it back, and he goes after it in one. And he has Earnhardt drafting right off the back bumper of Waltrip's car, and they drop Baker back to third. Bobby Allison tried to sniff the draft underneath, rather Cale Yarbrough, but Yarbrough remains at fourth, with Bobby Allison fifth on the tail end of the lead draft. About one second behind them, Ricky Rudd leads Terry Labonte and Richard Petty in a tight three-car train. Leaders in the backstretch. Those front four cars right now single file. Nobody making a move with the exception of Buddy Baker. Look to the inside, possibly breathing the automobile a bit in the hot Texas afternoon heat. Now as they work through turn number three, it's going to be Darrell Waltrip taking the high side. Dale Earnhardt trying to sneak down underneath him. Couldn't make the move, but it is going to be single or double file, we should say, in the battle for third place, Yarborough and Baker. Baker is on the high side. On the low side for that battle for third is Cale Yarborough. He loses the advantage. They come across the stripe, and Bobby Allison capital on it in turn one. Allison sniffs out the draft of Baker. He runs fourth following past Yarborough, who has to back out of it just a bit to catch back onto the tail end of the lead draft. At turn two, Darrell Waltrip's Gatorade Chevrolet leads Dale Earnhardt, Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison, and Cale Yarborough. Following them, we've got Ricky Rudd, Terry Labonte, and Richard Petty in that running order. Lenny Pond closing in on those cars as well. Your leaders work it up to the number three corner, but right now the battle shaping up is going to be for sixth place as Ricky Rudd now is being challenged by Labonte, but Labonte tucks himself right back in behind Rudd as they go single file. Exiting the number four corner, your leader still Waltrip Earnhardt close in second. And watching all the action from eighth place is the STP Chevrolet of Richard Petty. Petty very reminiscent of of his driving style, just laying back just a tad, watching the lead, going at it in one. And they're staying way up high in the racetrack, entering one, Jack, almost swinging up to the wall before they get into the first turn in the middle groove. They're trying to diamond the track just a bit here, but that's about as low as they can run comfortably in that tight draft. It's begun to string out. There's about half a second margin between the first and fifth place car now as Yarborough runs for fourth towards turn three. Cale Yarborough trying to draw alongside Bobby Allison, but quite couldn't quite muster it there, so he tucks himself behind it. Dale Earnhardt now closing it again on Darrell Waltrip as he makes up some needed yardage through turn number four, but he closes in single file yet again as they exit it high near the outside wall and sweeping back to the line. Barney, you've got to be impressed as well. The luck continues to run solid for the Gatorade Racing Team out of the Die Guard Racing Stable of Charlotte, North Carolina. Waltrip, who did not qualify all that well from fourth position, he's planked that Chevrolet up front, showing the promise and the strength that he's had all season long, with the exception of a couple of mechanical malfunctions. Well, there's a good battle going on right now for 11th position between Richard Childress and Benny Parsons down in front of Mike Joy. Parsons sweeps around the outside of the CRC Chemicals car and moves up into that 11th spot, and he begins to overhaul Childress by three or four car lengths as they come out of turn two. As they move down the back chute, it was a contest for the lead in turn four, Barney Hall. Indeed, Dale Earnhardt tried to sneak again inside and underneath. Darrell Waltrip, but he couldn't quite muster the horses exiting four, but there's plenty of room there, and Earnhardt is certainly trying to find a way through. Earnhardt, who captured everybody's attention at the World 600 last week in Charlotte, North Carolina, has planked himself in second position down in turn one. Earnhardt locked right onto the bumper of Darrell Waltrip, and surprisingly, Bobby Allison is not able to close on the front three runners. Waltrip, Earnhardt, and Buddy Baker beginning to pull away a bit from Allison in fourth, and Cale Yarbrough in the fifth spot. 
Each time Cale Yarbrough goes down the back straightaway, he closes the interval between himself and Bobby Allison. But as they work back up the turn, everything strings out one more time. They are indeed taking the high side through turn number three and four. Everybody's been drifting out towards the outside wall, exiting the fourth turn. They go single file again, though each time through, Earnhardt looks to the low side, but decides to make no move. Thiel comes back to the stripe. It is Waltrip, Earnhardt, Baker, first, second, and third. Then at fourth is Allison, fifth is Cale. Riding in sixth position right now is Labouti. Seventh is Petty. Eighth is Ricky Rudd. Ninth right now will be Lenny Pond. And as they move back into turn number one, we'll pick it back further in the field. Looking up to the front of the field, Buddy Baker had a run down at the bottom, Barney, and he looks to be the only car that can run anywhere near that low groove in turns one and two, and that could help him later on in the afternoon. Waltrip shuffles up into turn number three already. They're beginning to lap the tail end of the field as they move back to Eli Gold's position. Indeed, as the cars work by the Dick May automobile, he's driving one of the CRC chemical entries. The leaders take it single file through the middle groove one more time. Waltrip, Earnhardt in second, Baker in third, Bobby Allison fourth, Yarbrough fifth. It's that tight draft to the lead. Just about a car leg separate the first five as they work their way back into the first turn. Now that lead draft has five cars in it and they have broken away from Terry Labonte and Richard Petty, Ricky Rudd, Lenny Pond and Joe Milliken's car. Then back in the field comes Frank Warren who had an unscheduled pit stop and lost quite a bit of time and Ned I don't think they're going to keep this pace up all afternoon in this heat. They're running hard Barney. It is hot out here right now. You mentioned Frank Warren making that pit stop. He had a plug wire broken on it. He had to come back in the second time to get it repaired, but it looks like he's running pretty good now. We also mentioned that Jimmy Finger's car was the first one in the pits. They've taken it behind the wall now, continuing to work on it. Let's take a look at the way they're running with 15 laps completed when the leaders come to the stripe. At the line, it will be Daryl Waltrip leading Dale Earnhardt in second. Buddy Baker is third. Bobby Allison is fourth. Cale Yarbrough runs in the fifth spot. They begin to pull away from your sixth place battle. That's Terry Labonte in sixth. Seventh belongs to Richard Petty. Closing on seventh of Petty is the three-car battle for that eighth position. That's Ricky Rudd in eighth, ninth to Lenny Pond. Joe Milliken runs in tenth. Then eleventh belongs to the CRC Chemicals machine of Richard Childress. Benny Parsons runs twelfth. In thirteenth position is James Hilton. Fourteenth is D.K. Ulrich. And fifteenth is Bruce Hill from Union City, Georgia. The leaders are in the back straightaway, heading up into turns three and four. And the lead cars right now beginning to space out a good bit among themselves. It's no longer the nose to tail, but now as they work their way through some race traffic, cars one through three do tighten up as they head for the line. 17 laps are completed in the Texas 400 this afternoon. Just a magnificent battle up front all afternoon thus far. Right now it's narrowed down to three cars as they have broken the draft on Bobby Allison and Cale Yarbrough. Here comes Walter. He is out front. Earnhardt, the rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, can't seem to do anything with Daryl at this stage of the game. Buddy Baker latched onto his bumper back in third position as they head back into turn one. They have gained a bit of ground on Bobby Allison. The fourth place car is now running alone. He's almost a second behind the lead trio. About a second behind Allison then is Cale Yarrow and it's a long way back to the seventh place battle between Terry Labonte and Richard Petty. Leaders are in the back straight. Of course, further back down the field, we've got a pretty good battle continuing between Ricky Rudd and Lenny Pond as they work their way through the banks of turn number one and two. But right now, your leader's back in number three corner. It's single file as they run it tight. Darrell Waltrip still shows the way. Everybody takes the high side. Dale Earnhardt running second. Buddy Baker running third. They sweep by the Jimmy Means automobile as they head back home. As the front threesome exit turn number two, Waltrip in the lead, Earnhardt riding second. Still back in third position is Buddy Baker. There's a pretty good battle going back onto the field. Terry Labonte is running in the sixth position. Richard Petty tries to pull alongside in turn two. He's done that repeatedly, but has not been able to move by the rookie. 
Ricky Rudd, Lenny Pond, and Joe Milliken are right in the thick of that battle from 6th through 10th position. Richard Petty now trying to move to the inside and pick up a position on Terry Lavani, but he can't quite do so here as they go through turn 3. It's interesting, Lavani takes the lower side. Richard Petty, as he's been known to do, takes the high side, and they have a couple of times nearly come together, exiting the number 4 corner. Meanwhile, Lenny Pond sweeps by Ricky Rudd, Joe Milliken. That's the running order behind Lavani and Petty. Well, a moment ago, they seemed content to run those to tail Jackaroot just to ride that draft and try and keep the leaders in sight because it's obvious that Waltrip right now is setting a blistering pace and almost has a half a lap on that fourth, fifth, and sixth place car. Well, it almost looks as if Richard Petty wants to break out of that box, though, as he goes to the high side of Terry Labonte, once again darting out of turn number two and working down the backstretch. But they are losing ground, precious ground, to your lead trio as they come out of turn four. Going into turn three is that battle for sixth, seventh on back. Richard Petty tried to look to the inside but came up on some race traffic, so now he goes to the high side of Labonte and pulls right alongside Richard Petty, rim-riding it here in Texas. He comes off the high groove. Labonte staying down low. It's a drag race to the line. They are door-to-door -door as they come down to the start-finish line, and it will be Petty by just about a half a car length as they sweep back into the number one corner. And again, they must work some lap traffic in front of Mike Joy. Lenny Pond right on the back bumper of Richard Petty. Petty, if he can stay high enough, can perhaps box Labonte in. They moved up on a lap car. Decision time as Petty goes around to the high side, and Labonte has to back out of it. Lenny Pond tries to squeeze through and is not going to make it. Labonte shuts him off but drops back to seven. Richard Petty using the Tom Gale automobile as the blocker there, coming off and going down the back straightaway. And Richard Petty now trying to set sail. But Labonte and Lenny Pond have teamed up in a draft tightly. Here comes Joe Milliken joining them. Everybody moves by the race traffic, exiting the number four turn. And it's going to be Labonte closing in on Richard Petty again due to the traffic. But in the meantime, the battle for first place now moving up to almost a half lap advantage. It is Darrell Walter leading Dale Earnhardt and Buddy Baker. Those three cars are sandwiched right together. Bobby Allison fades to a three-car length to a three-second disadvantage in the fourth spot, and then another two-and-a-half seconds back in fifth is Cale Yarbrough as those cars go to turn four. Of course, right now, the leaders stay to work at single file, while the cars you're talking about earlier, Bobby Allison and Cale Yarbrough, they take it on their own lines up on the high side, but those leaders not leaving the draft at all. Well, they have just completed 24 laps here in the Texas 400 this afternoon. The average speed showing on the scoreboard indicated 163.45 miles an hour, and that's quick for the heat and humidity that's prevailing on the speedway this afternoon. And we say it time and time again, Barney, where they drop the green flag here and some of the front runners go out and set such a torrid pace, we say they just won't be able to last that long, go the distance. But that they've made liars out of us the last four or five races, so this battle up front as they begin to pull away, that's what I think we're going to see all afternoon. Check. Excuse me, at turn two, Terry Labonte has gone back into the sixth position past Petty. Lenny Pond was unable to follow him through, so it's Labonte sixth. Petty is seventh, Lenny Pond eighth, and Joe Milliken ninth. There are several good drafts all the way around the speedway through the top 15 positions, but the battle continues to be a hot one for the lead as everybody continues to chase Darrell Waltrip down in turn number one, and Dale Earnhardt likes to put his foot in it. We talked to his crew chief, J.C. Elder, earlier in the week about his performance in Charlotte and how he felt about that and what kind of a race he wanted him to run here this afternoon. And Jake was pleased with his performance at Charlotte, but he felt like he should have kind of laid back a little bit. But Earnhardt just felt like in front of his hometown folks up there, he had to let it all hang out. And he put on one whale of a show at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend. You know, it's interesting, Barney, to emphasize again here in turn four, you'd think those cars trying to chase down the leaders would indeed stay in the draft. But everybody here in turn number three and four taking their own line. And it is a total scattered performance as they exit the turn.
It has been an unusual year in Winston Cup racing. You see them race as hard the first 100 miles as they do the last 100 miles. Talking about Earnhardt, we talked to his crew chief, J.C. Elder. I asked Jake if he felt like he could win here this weekend, having never been on this speedway before. No, uh, Bonnie, we backed off truck run all the good yesterday, first time out. And But Dale says he just don't like the track particularly because he said it's just like running dirt. It's uh, bumpy. He said, he, you know, you hear all kinds of noise in the car, you know what I mean? I said, well, it's just a rough track. And he said, well, I have to run, uh, have to run a couple hundred miles here in the race. He said, I think I'll like it. Well, he's liking it right now, but he's losing some ground to the leader, Waltrip. He has opened up about a seven or eight car separation as Waltrip begins to pull away a little bit. Earnhardt is back about eight car lengths. Still in third is Buddy Baker as he rides the draft right on Earnhardt back in one. Last time by Barty Hall, Earnhardt went for the lead, got under Darrell Waltrip, but did not was not able to bring the car off the turn hard enough to keep it. Waltrip got back in front, was able to open up a four car length margin. Now five car lengths out of turn two, and that's the biggest separation anyone's enjoyed all day. And it, interestingly, how Darrell Waltrip takes his way through the turn. Mike Jai saw it in his corner, and likewise here in three and four, Waltrip going way high on the racetrack. Of course, Dale Earnhardt, who the last couple of times had been going down a bit on a lower side, he right now says, let's take the same line so everybody goes on the high side as Waltrip still leads Earnhardt and Buddy Baker. Barney, I talked to Buddy Baker here before the race started today. He said, you know, everybody thinks that I'm a charger, and he says, I've always done that. said, I've tried to get out front and stay out there as long as I can, but he said, I'm not going to do that today. He said, I'm just going to sit back and let the rest of them do the racing. And we kidded him about it because it's uncharacteristic of him, but you wonder what he might have left in that Spectre Chevrolet because he's doing just that, just sitting there on Earnhardt's bumper riding now and biding his time. Well, also, we've just received word, Barney Hall, that there are only six cars on the lap with the leader with only 28 laps in this race. We've got 200 scheduled. As they cross the start-finish line, it's Darrell Waltrip in front. Second is Dale Earnhardt. Third is Buddy Baker, and they are inches apart as they swing down into the number one corner. Still in fourth position is Bobby Allison. Fifth is Cale Yarbrough, and there is a story developing on Cale's car. He is losing ground to the front runners, and Mike Joy, it looks like he's lost even more this time around. He is uh, going into turn one as Bobby Allison is midpoint in turn number two. Allison being the fourth place car, so Cale is running way up near the wall in turns one and two and just continues to lose ground. Field heads up into turn number three. Ned Jarrett is on his way down to talk with Junior Johnson or somebody in that crew to find out if Cale has a problem. There's a battle for the lead in four. As they come out of the turn, Dale Earnhardt takes the low side on Darrell Waltrip. But Buddy Baker still running third. They head for the line. Earnhardt wants to get around Waltrip. He was there for a moment as they came across the stripe. Almost a photo finish as they head back into one. He's still in the inside groove. Earnhardt has been sticking well on the inside, but Waltrip has the handles and the power. Waltrip gets loose and into the marbles up in turn one. And Earnhardt and Baker both go by. Him. Waltrip is still not back to full speed. He comes out of turn two. He's down near the apron and only now begins to pick up speed once again. Waltrip really slowing down up the back chute as right now Dale Earnhardt has jumped into the lead. Buddy Baker is second and Waltrip has not come back to racing speed yet. Let's go to turn four. Indeed, Waltrip now being passed by race traffic on a regular basis. Your leaders now in a two-car draft. Dale Earnhardt coming out of the number four corner. Buddy Baker running right behind him. Darrell Waltrip now coming by our position and he's going to take it down on the pit road. Head to Ned Jarrett. And I'm out on pit road standing right behind the side of their pits and they are ready to change tires. They're in radio communication with him, but that must be his problem, and we'll check on it in just a moment. As Waltrip comes into the pits, the Gatorade crew, Buddy Parrott, and, and all the team go to work on Waltrip's car, and it looked like the right front might have been a little bit low on that machine. Something certainly happened to his car as he is way off the pace, making an unscheduled stop. 
Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, they're down and away. They did change the right side tires. The right front was leaking down. That was the reason for the unscheduled pit stop. So they're, they're about uh, 15 laps away from a regular scheduled pit stop. So this will hurt Darrell Waltrip. It was a quick stop, Barney Hall, 13 and 4 tenths seconds by the Dygard Racing crew. As your leader comes across the stripe, that will be Dale Earnhardt glued to his rear bumper into turn one is Buddy Baker. Well, it's now a two-car shootout down here in the first turn. Earnhardt leads, and Baker seems content to let him and sit on Dale Earnhardt's back bumper. He remains within a car length at all times. They sweep out of turn two. Dale Earnhardt a one-car length advantage as they head down the back stretch. Further back in the field, the battle for sixth place. No change right now. Lenny Pond holding down that sixth spot. Labonte running seventh. Richard Petty eighth. Joe Milliken running ninth. Ricky Rudd showing tenth. James Hilton is in 11th. Richard Childress is 12th. 13th to Benny Parsons. D.K. Ulrich is 14th. John Reese runs in 15th spot, 16th to Bruce Hill. Running in 17th is the 96th entry of Jim Holvert. Running in the 18th position is J.D. McDuffie. 19th spot belongs to Jimmy Means. In 20th position is the 48th entry of J... Check that. In in 20th position, it would be Elmo Langley's car being driven by Tommy Gale. Ronnie Thomas runs 21st. That's the way they're running with about 72 miles completed here in the Texas 400. 200 laps in the event this afternoon, and it is a hot afternoon, and we will be talking about that. The heat and humidity has to play a big part in who comes home victorious in this race this afternoon. All of a sudden, the lead has dwindled down to a two-car battle between the rookie driver Dale Earnhardt and Buddy Baker. And what Ned Jarrett commented on just a moment ago may be coming to pass. Baker has not put a challenge on him for the lead. He's content for the moment just to ride back in the draft and let Earnhardt set the pace in the Texas 400. Across the stripe, about a half a car length separate those two as they go back to one. Well, Earnhardt likes to run up front as we saw it last weekend at Charlotte. He put that car in front at every opportunity. And maybe Baker can just ease off by sitting back at that second spot. If they don't burn each other out by running for the lead, they may both be around at the end of the afternoon. Coming out of turn two, two car legs separate Earnhardt and Baker for the lead. That sixth place battle now has Terry Labonte taking the spot away from Lenny Pond. So it's now Labonte, Pond, Richard Petty, Milliken, and Ricky Rudd running sixth through tenth. That's a good race here at the Texas Speedway, and the fans are watching that. Milliken puts a little pressure on Richard Petty down to the number one corner, tries to move up a notch. He's done that every lap so far for about the past ten, and this time he is fully under Petty and looks to be moving up. With Waltrip's pit stop, that fight is now for the fifth position. And Lenny Pond goes underneath Terry Labonte out of turn two. There is lap traffic midpoint in the backstretch. Labonte may be able to hold him off. On the battle now for the back straightaway. They work by the traffic, no problem. Staying double file. It's going to be Lenny Pond on the inside of Terry Labonte. They go climbing up the number three turn. Labonte seems to have the advantage, but Lenny Pond just comes right back, draws alongside, and Pond has the low side. But again, plenty of racing room off the number four corner. It's going to be too wide back to the line. Door-to-door -door competition for that fifth position as they come across the stripe. Labonte on the outside groove, down to the inside lane. Lenny Pond, they go back single file in turn one. Pond slips back in the draft in sixth spot, but he's been very strong off of turn two, cutting down low and slipstreaming down the backstretch. They're midpoint between turns one and two. Single file from fifth on back. Labonte, Pond, Milliken, Richard Petty running in the ninth position, and Ricky Rudd a ways back would be in the tenth spot. Milliken looks to the low side in the backstretch. Milliken thought about trying to make a move on Lenny Pond, but right now pulls himself in behind. They go single file up the wall this time, and it's going to be Labonte showing the way. Lenny Pond going second, Milliken behind him. Richard Petty and Ricky Rudd entering the pits, the local Houston entry, John Haver, the Camera World Chevrolet, heads to pit road. Well, regular scheduled pit stop should be coming up somewhere between 45 and 50 laps, and then Jarrett was making his way down to the junior John 
Johnson crew to find out if Kale had a problem. Let's check in with Ned. I'm standing beside Tim Brewer. Tim, is Kale keep dropping back? Is he having a problem? Well, right now we think the car's a little bit loose going in the corner. We haven't had a chance to adjust it, so maybe on the first pit stop we'll get him run a little bit better. Are you having a communication problem with your radio? Well, they were breaking up when we first started talking with him. We just kind of go let it ride out until uh, we make our first pit stop. So really, Barney, they're hoping for a caution flag so they can make an adjustment on that car. Well, with 40 laps complete, 80 miles here at the Texas World Speedway, here comes a battle for the lead, and Earnhardt tries to get down underneath Baker as they swap it back and forth. Indeed, Dale Earnhardt goes sweeping underneath. Buddy Baker goes to the high side, so Earnhardt continues to make the pace, though Buddy Baker might have had some thoughts trying to go downside but couldn't make a move. In turn number three, a car cruising along the infield area. Jimmy Hurlford in the number 96 Ford. He's under power, but just hobbling along through turn three. Trying to make it back to the pits, and as Ned Jarrett brought out, they would all like to get a caution flag about this point of the race, but thus far we have had no cautions in the Texas 400. 41 laps are complete of the 200 lap race this afternoon. Field continues to run single file around the speedway with Earnhardt out front, Buddy Baker running second, Bobby Allison is third, and Cale Yarborough is fourth. At Texas World Speedway, pit stops right now coming about, and these are routine stops, and it looked like they may be a problem on the Bobby Allison car. Ned Jarrett, possibly ran out of fuel. I think he did, Barney. He slowed down as he came across the start-finish line and had to literally coast all the way around the racetrack, so that was very costly to him. He does have the car running now. They're changing the right-side tires, and he's down and away. Once he got into pits, he was only there for 14 and 17 seconds. A very good pit stop. Cale Yarborough has just been in the Bushfield Oldsmobile. Dale Earnhardt is coming in now for his schedule pit stop so all of them buddy baker is coming in right now so everybody now in for regularly scheduled pit stops so the chevrolets did not or they were getting a little bit better gas mileage they did not uh, go as far as bobby allison did or at least didn't run out of gas they went a little bit farther but allison stretched his just a little bit too far one of the texas drivers john haber is out of the race john what happened to your car I didn't hear what you say, Ned. What happened to your car? Oh, something with the engine. Now we got some water running out of the exhaust pipe, and so we're going to park it. Well, it has to be a little disappointing here for the home state folks. Yeah, I'm really disappointed, but we're going to get it fixed up. Okay, everybody else now making pit stops. Well, here's the sensational rookie, Terry Labonte, has placed his car on pit road, car number 44. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. And a scheduled pit stop for him. We're looking to see if they're going to make an adjustment on the car, and so far they're not. Now, one driver that did have an adjustment made on the weight distribution was Ricky Rudd. Junie Donlevy made quite an adjustment on that car. It was a little bit loose for him, so he made that adjustment. A rather long pit stop for Terry Labonte as they changed in those right side tires. Now they are making that adjustment. One of the crew members taking a lot of time, 24 and 17 seconds for the rookie driver from Corpus Christi, Terry Labonte. Ned, that's what hurts a lot of these young drivers so badly. They can keep the car up front and run with the leaders. The car is capable of doing it. Pit stops without the proper pit crew and the guys who've worked together long enough, it can really put them back in the field. It makes all the difference in the world. Now Richard Petty is coming in. He has an experienced pit crew. Dale Inman and the crew go to work on that car. As you mentioned earlier, brand new Caprice. They're running here for the first time. They really didn't get that car working as good as they wanted it, or certainly not running as fast as they wanted it to. They worked right up until practice ended yesterday. Felt pretty good about it, but said it still was not like the Monte Carlo. 16 and 2 tenths seconds, he's away. In the meantime, your leader works turn four. It's the Die Guard Gatorade Chevrolet with Daryl Waltrip at the keyboard. Indeed, right now it is a three-car draft with Earnhardt, Daryl Waltrip, followed by the 44 of Labonte, but Darrell Waltrip showing on the point in the lead. 
Waltrip looks to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. That would be a battle just for position on the racetrack, not for position on the overall race, as Dale Earnhardt has already made his pit stop, an early pit stop for Darrell Waltrip, and now he almost had problems on pit road. One car that was in was car number 76, Mike Potter, and then diving in was Joe Milliken, and they actually came and almost touched as they have pits right next to each other. The appliance wheels team has gone to work as Potter has returned to the race in turn one. Well, a couple of rookies go to work on Darrell Waltrip over in turn number three. Indeed, it looks like they're teaming up right here, trying to go to the high side as Dale Earnhardt. He's got Terry Labonte watching closely in the wings. Darrell Waltrip takes the low side on Dale Earnhardt. They're going to be two abreast coming out of the number four corner. Here they come, back to the stripe. Waltrip out front of the Texas is 400 this afternoon. They're indicating that Bobby Allison would be the second place car. We're waiting to get a complete rundown from scoring after that rash of pit stops to set the field for you. Waltrip eases down in turn number one and he is planked between those two rookie drivers of Earnhardt and Labonte. Earnhardt swept way hard into the first turn. It's showing the strength that car has. He is pulling Waltrip off the second turn by some six car lengths. Indeed, that's something we've seen all afternoon long. Earnhardt now working down the back straightaway. Everybody goes whisking right by Joe Milliken as Milliken now tries to tuck his way into and make it a four-car draft that he does. On turn number four area, it's going to be Earnhardt coming out on the lead right here on the point of these four cars. Milliken running alongside Darrell Waltrip and Labonte running in the fourth. Well, now that's something you don't see very often. There are three rookie drivers just swarming all around Darrell Waltrip's car back in turn one. Earnhardt leads the bin, and Waltrip is locked tight on his bumper, but Milliken and Labonte continue to close the gap. Front two cars have about a three-car length separation from the Milliken and Labonte duo that are rapidly closing out of turn number two. Waltrip winds up the mainspring again and closes right back up on Dale Earnhardt in the backstretch. And of course, this is the advantage for Darrell Waltrip as he goes to the underneath side of Dale Earnhardt. Waltrip trying to low, go low and hold on. They're coming up on the Palatine car of James Hilton, so everybody looks to the high side, but Waltrip can't make a move. Hilton right in front of him, so Waltrip now goes swinging high, just does cut in front of Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt tucks in right beneath him. Earnhardt just keeps the pressure on Darrell Waltrip, and it was a battle at Charlotte Motor Speedway last Sunday between these two all day as they swapped that second and third position and the lead back and forth all afternoon up there. And here's, here's Joe Milliken coming back into the pits. He was in only four or five laps to go. The crew is going to the left side of that car. They changed the right side when he was in before. Now they go to the left side. He might have had a tire leaking down or maybe he had a vibration, but a very costly pit stop for Joe Milliken, one of the top rookie drivers, having to make two pit stops here within about five laps. An unscheduled stop under Green here at Texas World Speedway. Right now, they're still indicating Waltrip as the leader, but I believe that will change very shortly. We're getting an official rundown from scoring at NASCAR right now, and a rash of pit stops has shaken the field up here in the Texas 400. We are 52 laps into the event. Jackie Aruba. Barney, they're showing Dale Earnhardt as your leader, and running in second would be Buddy Baker, while in third they are now posting Darrell Waltrip. In fourth position is Bobby Allison, Cale Yarbrough in fifth, Richard Petty in sixth, and running in seventh would be the Ricky Rudd car, while running in eighth is Terry Labonte. We're continuing to check on that rundown. Well, just about everybody has made their scheduled pit stops, and you heard Ned Jarrett report a moment ago that Cale Yarborough had a little pushing problem in the machine. Apparently, they made the adjustment on that, and the field continues to string out here in the early going of the Texas 400. 400 miles on this beautiful two-mile speedway, as right now, Earnhardt shows the way. This rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, many feel he will win more than one race. He's already picked up his first victory at Bristol, Tennessee. And he's also already picked up his first bid in international racing circles. 
Uh, yeah, I, I just talked with Les Richter the other day, and uh, I'm accepted for the IROC uh, race uh, finals, the Grand National deal up at the Mar uh, Michigan to run off between the two, the four Grand National drivers is that uh, advances on to the finals with the rest of the guys. And that's a great honor, you know, uh, being a rookie the first year and all, uh, being able to go into IROC. Uh, but uh, what got me there is winning Bristol, so uh, that goes all back to the team I'm driving for. You know, they've done it for me. Well, something else they did for him, Barney, was get him in and out of the pits. He and Buddy Baker were running together before they made those scheduled pit stops. Now Baker's running about five seconds behind him. Baker had an extended pit stop. They had a little bit of a problem with one of the lugs on the car, so he stayed in the pits about five seconds longer than Dale Earnhardt. And, Barney, here's how they are now posting it with 55 laps completed, confirmed by NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt leads. Darrell Waltrip is the driver that is in second. Buddy Baker is third. Bobby Allison is in fourth. Cale Yarbrough is in fifth in the Texas 400. At Texas World Speedway, 56 laps are completed here this afternoon of the Texas 400. Earnhardt and Waltrip continue to go at it for the lead here this afternoon. Right now, Waltrip is out front as they go down in turn number one. Earnhardt has moved back to the number two position. Riding third is Buddy Baker, and in fourth position is Bobby Allison. Fifth position indicated as Cale Yarbrough, and sixth would be Richard Petty. Leaders work the backstretch and head up to turn number three. As your leaders work their way up right now, Darrell Waltrip trying to put some daylight between himself and Dale Earnhardt. Waltrip's been able to do that going down the back straightaway, but up the turn, it's going to be Earnhardt trying to close that advantage one more time, and indeed he does as they take advantage of that good bit of real estate coming off the number four corner. A bit further back, of course, the battle of the third and fourth. We've seen Bobby Allison right on the bumper of Buddy Baker in the third and fourth place battle. Well, that one moves up into the number four corner as Allison, for the moment, continues to just draft on Baker. And, Ned Jarrett, I think you hit the nail on the head this afternoon. It looks like Buddy is going to change his driving style. Well, he's certainly uh, not running as hard as we have seen him run in the past. However, now he's playing a little bit of catch-up after that uh, longer pit stop. Bobby Allison taking advantage of that because he had lost the draft to those front runners. And even though Allison had to coast into the pits out of gas, he still was able to get back out and get on the bumper of Buddy Baker. And so he's riding right on his bumper now. The Ford will draft pretty well if he can stay right close on it. But if he gets it back uh, 100 feet or so, he can lose it very easily. And the draftability of the Thunderbird, Ned Jarrett, as you said, could be a plus here, right, Bobby Allison? That's true. Uh, the cars do draft very much here and uh, are very responsive to the draft here, so uh, I think you'll see a lot of that. They are now posting Lenny Pond in the seventh spot, and Bruce Hill has moved into eighth. And Darrell Waltrip continues to lead Dale Earnhardt for the lead with Buddy Baker steadfastly in third, four, fourth position to Bobby Allison, and in fifth is Cale Yarbrough. And the average speed, Barney, has begun to go down just a tad. 160.11 miles per hour, the average speed as we come up on the 60th circuit of the 200 scheduled here in the Texas 400. Well, that would be completion of 120 miles this afternoon down in the Texas 400 as we're just about to complete 60 laps of competition when the leader, Waltrip, comes across the stripe. And they are are about to put Richard Petty a lap down. Waltrip, about four car lengths back, chases him down in the number one turn and may put Petty a lap in the rears. They have been reeling Richard Petty in for about the past five circuits. If you run the high groove into turn one here, there's a little bit of a bump, and it's been sending Waltrip pretty squirrely the past three or four times through here. But in two, he gets it all gathered together, and he looks to overhaul Richard Petty in the backstretch. Of course, down the back straightaway here, it's been Darrell Waltrip showing the advantage. Right here, he and Dale Earnhardt both go whisking by Richard Petty in that two-car draft. 
as opposed to turn number one. Numbers three and four, not nearly as high groove-wise in the uh, corners here. Everybody takes the middle groove through the turn under optimum conditions, then goes high, exiting the turn. Earnhardt thought about going underneath Darrell Waltrip on the exit, but he thought better of it. So Richard Petty has gone a lap down to both Waltrip and Earnhardt as they scoot back into the number one corner and continue to set a blistering pace. Now, Waltrip has never won on this speedway. He finished second here to Richard Petty back in 1972. He takes the high groove, almost got it up into the marbles down in turn one, Mike Joy. Very close to the wall was Darrell Waltrip this time by, as was Bobby Ellis in the last lap. They have worked the groove right up to the paint on the wall, Barney. There's just no farther higher on the racetrack for them to go. This time, Richard Petty, as he tries to get back in the hunt, he draws in alongside Joe Milliken and those Randall and North Carolina campaigners try and hook up together and chase down Dale Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip in turn number four. Caution free thus far in the Texas 400 this afternoon. Waltrip out front, Earnhardt second, Baker is third, Bobby Allison fourth, and Cale Yarborough is fifth. And a lap down in sixth position now appears to be Richard Petty as they have pulled away and scooted on away and continue to stretch their separation on him. And it looks like Richard Carr is not working at all, Mike Joy, in the south end of the track. He's having to run way up high, Barney Hall, down here. He can't bring the car down, even coming off the turn. A lot of the drivers will sweep right down low. Slingshot off that second turn. Petty does not seem to be able to do it. A lot of smoke out of one car down on the apron over in turn number three, and he'll be heading up to Eli Gold. Right as the cars come motoring around, it's been a problem all afternoon for Mike Kempton. That Chevrolet seems to be having some problems. He's down out of harm's way, but indeed continues motoring through towards pit road, but a problem, a tough break there for the Chevrolet. Your leader comes across the stripe to complete the 60-second circuit, and he is pointing towards his pits, Ned Jarrett. We'll check with Buddy Parrott and the crew and see what the situation might be. He's running out front, but he was running out front when he had that unscheduled pit stop a bit earlier. He should be able to go another 15 to 20 laps before he would have to come in, remembering that he made a pit stop about uh, 10 to 15 laps short of their schedule one before. Daryl Waltrip leads Dale Earnhardt. It's a two-car jazz session now. Running in third and just dropping back a tad is Buddy Baker. Running in the fourth position is Bobby Allison, while fifth is the Bush Beer Chevrolet with Junior Johnson doing the tuning on that car for Cale Yarbrough. Waltrip just moves around Benny Parsons' car and puts him another lap down. As the field comes back across the stripe, Daryl Waltrip just sets a blistering pace, and that is a literal figure of speech here this afternoon with the heat that is prevalent at the Texas World Speedway. Barney, we've got problems again with the Jim Hurlburt Ford, that number 96 car out of Mahomet, Illinois. This time, as it was earlier, limping through turn number three with a good bit less power than it enjoyed last time. It's on the apron, but a question mark indeed as to whether it can make it around to pit road. He is down on the apron of the track between turns three and four, trying to limp onto pit road, and if he should stop up there, that would bring out our first caution flag this afternoon. We have been caution-free thus far with 63 laps completed in the Texas 400. Leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip. Here he comes as he works around Baxter Price's automobile and back across the stripe. Earnhardt cannot be shaken. This youngster from Kannapolis, North Carolina, last week like a bulldog with a death grip on a mailman, just will not turn him loose, and he runs the same way here at Texas this afternoon. They're back in turn one. Earnhardt has been staying very close, Barney, but unlike last week at Charlotte, Earnhardt is not running for the lead on every single lap. He's maintained a three-car length separation behind Waltrip for about the last ten laps now. It seems to be settling into a comfortable groove. Well, Jim Hurlburt's car has limped onto pit road, so the caution will not come out for that machine, and that's going to allow the two front runners to stretch their lead even further on Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, and Cale Yarborough. 160.13 miles an hour, the average speed 
after 64 laps in the Texas 400. Here comes leader Waltrip back across the line. Leads Earnhardt by four car lengths. We talked so much during the broadcast of the World 600 with J.C. Elder, and Elder said repeatedly that Dale Earnhardt was not following his instructions, not laying back, and he didn't think the car would last. What about it, Dale? Jake said on the air that he felt you were punishing the car at Charlotte. It's your chance to retort. Well, he did tell me to take it easy a little or, uh, when I was leading the race, but I was running the car easy. I, I ran the same pace, so I, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I was punishing the car. So I just used my own judgment, and if, if I'd have felt like I was punishing, I'd have slowed down. But uh, the car was running at ease. I was. I was real comfortable, and it was no problem. And uh, there at the end, we, you know, we had a flat and tore spoiler off, and we got the handling bad there at the end, and we had to race Richard for, for second and third there. And, and then he said I ran the car too hard after the race. I ran it harder when I was running Richard than I did when I was leading it. Well, this afternoon, he looks as if he's running it just a little bit differently than he did in the World 600. He's just staying about a half car length behind your leader, Darrell Waltrip, as they round out of two. Nothing has changed in the past five laps, Jackie, as far as the lead battle is concerned. Waltrip leads now by a car length midway down the back stretch. They're running just about the same line, and Earnhardt does not vary his groove a bit. But the contest for the third position is beginning to heat up right in front of you, Mike. It is a battle as Buddy Baker has run right down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Bobby Allison is having his troubles here in turn one and Here's two. Here's a challenge for the lead out of number four corner. Dale Earnhardt scoots underneath. Darrell Waltrip slides back up to the wall, and he has him heading for the line. Earnhardt has the lead by half a car length. Darrell doesn't want to give it up. He dives down to the inside and goes back after it down in turn one. Waltrip sticking on the bottom. Earnhardt drives the car hard into turn one up top and makes it work. Earnhardt by half a car length, a full car length, almost scrapes the wall at turn two. And Waltrip comes battling back on the low side. He is up to the door of Earnhardt's Monte Carlo and pulls dead even with him in the back stretch. Midway down the back shoot, it's still door handle to door handle. Now Darrell Waltrip tries to take the initiative. He has the low side working underneath Dale Earnhardt's automobile. Again, Earnhardt trying to make the car work on the high side. Can't do it here in the number four corner. It's Waltrip taking the low side. Now slingshotting off the turn. Earnhardt has to settle for second place behind Waltrip. As they cross the stripe, it will be Waltrip in front by two car lengths over Dale Earnhardt. For the moment, that lead is stabilized as Waltrip leading Earnhardt by just about two car lengths. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're standing in the Dygard pits. Buddy Parrott has just walked away from us, Barney. I asked him if everything was okay. Waltrip was pointing towards the pits a little bit earlier, and he said yes, that everything is okay. That uh, little gesture that he made towards the pits was just something between them and no problem at all. It was a right rear tire that they had cut earlier that caused their problem of that early pit stop, but they should be about We've got problems here, Ned Jarrett, at the entrance to pit road. Ricky Rudd coming together with the 19 of Billy Hagen. It looked as though Ricky had thought about going to pit road. Billy Hagen was there. They came together, but both cars continue okay. A good piece of driving. Close call for a couple of the drivers. No caution is on the field. At Texas World Speedway, Waltrip is in the lead. Earnhardt rides second. Buddy Baker is third. Bobby Allison is fourth. And Cale Yarborough is fifth. In trouble on the Lenny Pond car. He has just pitted an unscheduled stop as he slowed in the north end of the track in front of Eli Gold a moment ago. Lenny was coming through, and he was seemingly to be under power. Then all of a sudden, he abruptly dropped off the pace and was going... Uh down to the runners, even some of the back markers going by him noticeably. It seemed to be a split-second problem, and then Lenny couldn't get back to power. This likable young driver from Chester, Virginia, has had more than his share of problems on the Winston Cup NASCAR circuit in the last few years. He's bounced around from ride to ride, tried his own team for a couple of years, had not 
a great deal of success there and has landed this ride with Kitty Childers right now. The car is away on pit road, but it is a costly stop for him as he goes back onto the track. 72 laps are completed in the Texas 400 here this afternoon with Waltrip just setting a blistering pace and he just has not cracked the throttle since they dropped the green this afternoon. And the groove seems to be moving even higher and higher in both ends of the track. What about it in your position, Mike Joy? Between turns one and two, Barney, they're right up to the paint on the wall. And entering turn one, about every lap, they begin to kick the marbles that form up there a little higher. They still have about one lane to go before they just flat run out of racetrack. And as we look across turn two, Lenny Pond has not come up to speed, and he's moving very slowly along the apron on the backstretch. Apparently, with some problem, they had the hood up on the car, took a look at it, sent him back out onto the speedway, and whatever it is may put him out of competition here in the Texas 400 this afternoon. Meanwhile, the lead continues to belong to Darrell Waltrip as the rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, who chased him all last weekend up at Charlotte, North Carolina, just keeps him in sight. He's about two car lengths back. Earnhardt trails him out of the number two corner. Talking about the groove, and it's not quite as high in front of you, Mike Joy. It looks like they're still running in about the center lane up there. Well, you did it again, Barney. It's me, Eli, still down here in the basking sun. But I'll tell you, the groove here has moved up maybe half a lane. It has not at all been as high as it was in turns one and two all afternoon long. It's still a good bit of racing room left as the afternoon progresses. They're about one full lane, maybe a lane and a half away from the outside retaining wall. Lenny Pond now moves by us, heads down into the pit road area. He is under power, but barely so. Here's Lenny Pond in the pits. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. It looks like he's going to head it into the garage area, Barney. They did have the hood up when he made that schedule, unscheduled pit stop a few laps ago. Yes, indeed, he is heading towards the garage area, and we'll check it out and find out exactly what's wrong. So Lenny Pond has retired his machine here in the Texas 400 this afternoon. We're working the 75th lap. 150 miles are complete in the 400-mile event this afternoon. Leader Waltrip, blistering pace for him this afternoon, and the heat continues to just kind of sizzle the racetrack here at Texas World Speedway this afternoon. This track opened in 1969. First race they ran here was won by the late Bobby Isaac. Then in 1971, Richard Petty was victorious. In 72, Buddy Baker won a race here in the Texas 500. In 72, it was Richard Petty in the Alamo 500. And then Petty won the last one we held here in 1973. He has quite a bit of experience on the speedway. Richard Petty started all five races here and won three of those, winning in 71, 72, and 73. He's the leading money winner at this track. He's won a little over $49,000, and he's average taking home over $9,900 every time he's been in competition at this track. 76 laps are complete of the Texas 400 this afternoon. That battle for the lead, well, for the moment, it's just uh, content to run nose to tail and ride the draft for Earnhardt as they move up to Eli Gold. It's interesting how Earnhardt has given himself some racing room. He has dropped off the pace just a little bit, let the car find some breathing room, then he has tightened it right back in. The last couple of times through, Earnhardt was back maybe 10 car lengths, but right now, as you can see, it's nose to tail. Darrell Walter is having problems on the Gatorade car, an unscheduled stop as he has planked the machine on pit road, and Buddy Parrott and the crew again are changing right side rubber on the car. He is down and away, but an unscheduled stop for Walter, who was leading the Texas 400. And coming into the pits also, car number 15, Bobby Allison, in the Hodgson Engineering car is in the pits, and this would be an unscheduled stop for the Allison crew. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett in the garage. Ned making his way apparently over to the Lenny Pond car to find out what the problem that put his machine into the garage area. So Jackie Root, things are changing quickly. This will move Dale Earnhardt back into the lead and Buddy Baker up into the number two position. 
And Bobby Allison, who has made an unscheduled stop, and they're changing right side rubber on his car. He is down in the way in the Hodgson T-Bird. So those front positions began to shuffle again. Allison will be dropped back to the fifth position. Moving into fourth spot will be Cale Yarbrough. Running in sixth is Richard Petty. Ricky Rudd runs seventh, eighth to Terry Labonte. Running in ninth is Richard Childress. In tenth position is Joe Milliken, eleventh to James Hilton. D.K. Ulrich is in twelfth, thirteenth to Bruce Hill. John Haver is running in the fifteenth spot. That is the top 15 here in the Texas 400 with 160 miles completed in the event this afternoon. Several drivers who have started all five races here are in competition again this weekend. Cecil Gordon has been here for all five. Frank Warren, H.B. Bailey, James Hilton, Benny Parsons, Richard Petty, and Bobby Allison have all made it out to this part of the world for all five events that have been run for Winston Cup races here at the Texas World Speedway. So Waltrip, who made an unscheduled stop, has lost a lot of ground after just setting a blistering pace. And right now, Bobby Allison is latched onto the bumper of Richard Petty, and it looks like he was going to draft there for a moment. That goes out the window, Mike Joy. Allison goes by in turn one, and he's working the bottom of the racetrack, Barney, something that Bobby Allison has not been able to do these past 30 or 40 laps. He's been right up against the wall. But he takes it all the way to the bottom, almost to the track apron to dispense with Petty and Joe Milliken. A healthy lead right now for the rookie driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, who's having a sensational year. Here he is across the stripe. Earnhardt takes it off down into the number one corner. We're looking for the second place car, Buddy Baker, and he is a long ways behind. Almost, what, three quarters of a lap? Also, your fourth right. place mach machine is going coming onto pit road, and that's the Bushbeer Chevrolet, and they continue to have problems on the Cale Yarbrough mount. And almost a half a lap back, as you said, Barney Hall, is that is that separation at the present time. So we have had three of the top runners making unscheduled pit stops in the last five laps as Cale Yarborough is in and out of the pits. Again, let's see if we can check in with Ned Jarrett. Barney, I think these are scheduled pit stops they're making. It's a little bit earlier than they, they should have been making them, but they are not getting quite as good a gas mileage here today as they anticipated. They had hoped to go anywhere from 45 to 50 laps on each stop, but they're not getting that kind of gas mileage, and rather than take a chance of running out of gas out on the track, they're coming in a little bit earlier. And definitely the pit stop by Darrell Walter was a schedule one. We checked with Lenny Pond, and something went away with the engine in his car, so he's had to park it. We'll get an interview with him very shortly. Okay, that's the report from the pits and Ned Jarrett. The first round of pit stops came up on lap number 45. They made these a little shy of the, about the 40th lap. So it looks like the tire wear might be becoming a factor with the heat here this afternoon. And, of course, gas mileage as Bobby Allison appeared to run out of gas in the Hodgson T-Bird a little bit earlier. Leader right now continues to be Earnhardt, just having a magnificent day. And he's, of all the front runners, Barney Hall, he's the only driver that has not had any problems thus far in the race with 84 laps completed. Their run, the Austrian and racing team headed by crew chief Jake Elder. They've had a flawless presentation thus far as he goes into turn three. You know, it's interesting also, you talk about Earnhardt, he's running lower on the racetrack in turns three and four than anybody else is. You can watch the darker part of the racetrack, the groove as it moves up. Earnhardt's still a good bit down as opposed to a driver like Darrell Waltrip, who is slowly but surely running out of racetrack on the high side of turns three and four. Well, here comes Cale Yarborough back onto pit road, and this is the second stop for Yarborough on the last three laps. Definitely not a scheduled pit stop for him, and this time they go to the inside of the car to change rubber on the inside. Let's see if we can check in again with Ned Jarrett. Yes, this is definitely an unscheduled pit stop for Yarborough as they go to work on that left side. The car is just not working the way that they wanted to here today, Barney. They were hoping for a caution that they could make some adjustments on it. However, on the first pit stop, they did make a slight 
weight adjustment on the car, but it still does not have it running where they want it to. Ricky Rudd coming in now, the trucks more forward. That would be a scheduled pit stop. Well, for the runners who have not made their second pit stop of the afternoon, it would certainly be time right now because they're going to begin to stretch that fuel a little bit. We're 85 laps into the Texas 400. 200 laps will make up the race this afternoon. Back at Texas World Speedway, 90 laps have just been flashed on the board, complete in the Texas 400 this afternoon with the rookie driver Earnhardt showing the way. And boy, is he wearing the field out here this afternoon. Back in second spot, almost 25 seconds behind, is Buddy Baker, and third is Waltrip. Ned Jarrett is standing by in the garage area. We're here with Lenny Pond, and we mentioned earlier that he thought he had an engine problem. Lenny, have you learned exactly what your problem is? Well, Ned, if something happened to the engine, it started slowing down. You know, it was too far to go to try to make it, so we just had to call it a day. Lenny, when you got out of that car, you were awfully hot. The, the heat looked like it'll play a big part in this race today. Well, Ned, it is real hot today, day, but you know, I hadn't really paid any attention to it until running when I come in, when I felt hot, but uh, I think you guys will be all right, especially the ones up front. You don't worry about it when you run up front. Well, I guess that does make a big difference. Now back to you, Barney. Well, it certainly does make a difference when you're leading the race. You don't have time to think about the heat, the humidity, or anything else because there's too much pressure on you. But right now, Earnhardt, Jackie Root, has the biggest lead we've seen anybody have almost in any race we've run this year. Barney, this has got to be the longest that a rookie's ever led the race as well on a super speedway for such a long time. And Dale Earnhardt, everybody was pointing towards that fact as we went into this race that this particular place could be very conducive to a rookie winning due to the fact that none of the drivers, really, of all the front runners and the superstars have been here since 19. 1973, that could serve as an equalizing factor. But as Jackie, your leader the... is now presenting himself on pit road as he comes down across the, the turn four area, and he will go to the assistance of Jake Elder. We'll put a watch on him this time. Dale Earnhardt is in the pits. And this would be a scheduled pit stop for him. He has run a little bit longer than some of the others, so apparently they have the right carburation, the right jets in the carburetor and everything, because he and Buddy Baker are getting better gas mileage than some of the others, and Baker's about ready to come in the pits also. Field coming out of turn number four right now. There's a good bunch of traffic right there, a little jockeying going on. It's Buddy Baker is gesturing to his pit crew that something could be wrong in the car. Barney, Waltrip. Barney, they're going to go all the way around for tires on Dale Earnhardt's machine. They did the right side, and now they're going to the left side. So a change of rubber all the way around for Earnhardt. At the pace he's been setting, I can well understand why they're doing that. So this is going to move up into the lead right now. Should put Waltrip back out there. Baker is riding in that pack of traffic. An unscheduled stop by Cale Yarborough has dropped him back in the field, but those three cars are running together as what? they head over in turn three. One of the Winston Cup regulars, J.D. McDuffie, he's down on the apron, cruising through turns three and four. He's under, under power, but problems obviously on the number 70. Earnhardt is away and back to the race in 35 and 2 tenths seconds. But not a bad stop for four tires and a change of rubber all the way around. And now coming into the pits, here's Buddy Baker, Spectra Chevrolet. And he has been running up front, but he is on pit road. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, this would be a scheduled pit stop for him. They go to work on the right side of that car, hoping to be able to improve on their last pit stop, which was a little bit longer than they normally take. We're checking to see if they're going to go to the left side. I don't think they are. There has been a couple. Well, they left the jack down prematurely, so they still are having a problem in the pits with that car. The right rear was not on and ready. They had to jack it back up. Now he's down and away. They did not go to the left side, but a long pit stop again for Buddy Baker. Another problem on the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. Billy Hagen nursing the automobile down low on the racetrack through turn number four and back to pit road. 103 laps are complete in the Texas 400 here this afternoon. It is Darrell Walker. 
and being black flagged is either Joe Milliken or car number 40 of DK Eldrick as they swing off into the number one corner. We might ask Mike Joy to take a look and see if there's anything coming off Eldrick's car. He is slowing down. He slowed down and dropped it down towards the bottom of the racetrack, Barney, but there was nothing visible coming off the car here at the first turn. Appeared to be a black flag for D.K. Eldrick of Harrisburg, North Carolina. Jackie Root can update us on how they're running. But first, let's see what's wrong with Benny Parsons' car. Benny, you know what's wrong? Uh, they said it broke a drive shaft, Ned. I, you know, I made a routine pit stop. Uh, they dropped the car to go, let the clutch out, and nothing happened. Well, sort of an unusual occurrence. They are. David Ifton and the crew are underneath the car now, changing that drive shaft to get him back in the action. At Barney Hall, here's how they're running. With 104 laps completed, Daryl Waltrip leads Dale Earnhardt, who runs in second. In third is Buddy Baker, while in fourth is Bobby Allison. Those cars are all on the same lap. Then two laps back is Richard Petty in fifth. In sixth position is Ricky Rudd. In seventh is Terry Labonte. And also two laps back in eighth position is Cale Yarbrough. The average speed, an even 160 miles per hour. So 104 laps are complete in the Texas 400 this afternoon and four cars are now riding the lead lap with the leader Waltrip out front, riding in second Earnhardt, third is Baker and fourth is Bobby Allison as they continue to work their way around the Texas World Speedway here this afternoon. Leader up in front of Eli Gold. As Darrell Waltrip takes it out the turn number four, of course you got to think Barney Hall, despite being caution free thus far, we're still about seven miles an hour underneath the record for the fastest 400 mile race. That was the Firecracker 400 back in 1960 Kale Yarbrough doing it in 167.24 miles an hour. Let's take this time to remind our listeners, too, that we will be on the air again next Sunday for the Napa Riverside 400 from Riverside, California. Then the following Sunday, June 17th, the Winston Cuppers go to the Gabriel 400 in Brooklyn, Michigan. The Firecracker 400 that Eli Gold mentioned was on July 4th. It'll be held again on July 4th in Daytona Beach, Florida, at the birthplace of speed, Daytona International Speedway. The Nashville 420 goes to post on July 14th, the Coca-Cola 500 on July 29th, and then August 5th, we're off to the world's fastest track Talladega Alabama for the running of the Talladega 500. So that's the MRN broadcast schedule coming up in the near future. Leader continues to be Waltrip as he just sets a blistering pace here this afternoon. Earnhardt now about a half a lap behind him and still in third position is Buddy Baker as he paces himself in the Texas 400 in this heat here this afternoon and Bobby Allison is in fourth position. Those four cars are in the lead lap. And the biggest separation, Jackie, I think we've seen all year as we brought out a moment ago in any of the Winston Cup races that we've covered. Well, the competition has been just so keen throughout the year, Barney Hall, but the question marks that were here for the for the Texas 400, the drivers hadn't been here since 1973. And Ned Jarrett, I would think that the humidity could be creating some problems for these engines as we touched upon at the beginning of the race as well. I don't think there's any question about it, Jackie, and I think it has a great bearing on the gas mileage you're getting here. It seems to have a little bit of more of an effect on the Ford, uh, Bobby Allison, than maybe the Chevrolet's. We mentioned that he came in for an unscheduled pit stop uh, oh, 10 or 12 laps ago, and I checked with Bud Moore, and he said they didn't get it quite full of gas, but they're using more than they anticipated. Well, the drive shaft has been replaced on the MC Anderson Griffith Marine Supply number 27 with Benny Parsons. He cinched up the seatbelts. They fired the engine, and he returns to the race, but he will be many laps down now in his quest for a Texas 400 win. But your leader, Darrell Waltrip, is just another addition in the litany of great performances that he's had behind the wheel of the Die Guard Racing Team entry in 1979. Well, this team is so together, Jackie Root. Almost any of the drivers and pit crews in the garage area, if you, if you ask them who is the top car and top driver to beat everywhere we 
go right now. The consensus seems to be almost to a man that it is the Gatorade crew of Darrell Waltrip and Buddy Parrott. And that includes from the guy who sweeps up in the shop all the way to the driver. They just seem to have it together. They've got a winning attitude, and they feel like they can get the job done, and they're doing it. Taking a look at the rundown as we have it thus far with 108 laps completed, it continues to be Darrell Waltrip leading Dale Earnhardt. Buddy Baker runs in third. Bobby Allison is fourth. In fifth is Richard Petty. Terry Labonte runs in the sixth spot. Seventh spot to Ricky Rudd. In eighth position is Cale Yarbrough. Joe Milliken is ninth. They are posting Bruce Hill in tenth. Eleventh to D.K. Ulrich. In twelfth position is James Hilton. In thirteenth spot is John Rezek. Well, in fourteenth is Jimmy Means. Fifteenth is showing as the 67 of Buddy Arrington in 17th spot would be Earl Canavan and in 18th position would be Tommy Gale. Well, Jackie, just stepping into our booth is the president of Die Guard and, of course, Daryl Waltrip's boss, so to speak, is Jim Gardner. Jim, we were just talking with Daryl on tape yesterday about how together the team is this year, how it has all come together after quite a controversial year last year. You must have some special feelings on the team the way they performed this year. Dygard is probably the happiest bunch of boys that you've ever seen. Uh, they work hard to, to make our team number one, and I think we're going to win the Grand National Championship. Uh, we're proud of it. Jim, you also work awfully hard to make nobody a superstar on the team. Your your whole effort is based on a team premise. You say that it's it's maybe Buddy Parrott at the front of the car, but there's also the cats at the back. Everybody, as Barney Hall said, right down to the fell that sweeps sweeps up the shop on a Sunday afternoon. They're all very intrinsically involved in this whole operation. We're proud of all of them. Every single body in our team is a great person. Well, did you feel like, you had to feel like last year, Waltrip said he wanted out of his contract, he wanted to go with somebody else. I know you've talked about that, and it had to be the right decision to keep the team together. Were you looking ahead to this year and thinking it could be this good? We were, and I think we will win the Grand National Championship. Every fellow that works for our team is dedicated to help Darrell and to, to make our team number one. And I think our performance on the racetrack is one which, you know, shows everybody what we can do as a team, the group. That's the name of the game, is teamwork. Jim, thanks for stopping by and chatting with us a moment at Motor Racing Network, and maybe we'll see Darrell in Victory Lane before the day is over. Appreciate you asking me. Thank you very much. Another untimely st stop for the STP Racing Team. Richard Petty has come in, and this is the second one and just uh, several short laps, Ned Jarrett. Yes, it is, and they're going to the left side, Jackie, to change those left side tires as Phil Yarborough had to come in, uh, and now they're going to the... No, they started to the right side. They decided to go on and just change the left side tire, so Petty is down the way. But I started to say that Cale Yarborough had made an unscheduled pit stop after having made one for right side tires, and his left rear was blistering a bit. And Petty could be having a similar problem. Well, the groove is, is continuing to change, and Mike Joy, as you brought out a moment ago, it, they're almost dragging the paint off the side of the cars in your area down in one and two. They're getting that close to the wall. Waltrip and Yarborough, who are locked in a tight draft, are doing just that, Barney. But Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker, who are having a strong battle for third position, have been coming out of turn two right down on the track apron. That's supposed to be the rough part of the track but they have been making it work downstairs, and I've seen Baker so far this afternoon run right down on the apron four or five times. If he can make up lost ground and come down to a last lap shootout, that would be the quick way to get off the corner if he could. Allison this time leads him back down into the south end of the track in front of Mike Joy, and he is pulled away from Buddy Baker by about four car lengths. And again, Barney, he's doing that by running right down on the track apron. We don't know whether the car will hold up under that kind of punishment. It's very rough down there, but coming out of turn two, he's opened up an extra two car lengths, making it eight car lengths between he and Baker. But the leader is coming up to overlap the third and fourth place cars. 
Indeed, as Darrell Waltrip works his way through turn number three, he and Cale Yarbrough now split their single file rotation with Cale going to the downside and Darrell about half a car width up from that outside retaining wall. They continue to close in on the cars in front as Buddy Baker and Bobby Allison see them now full thrust in the back rearview mirror. Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade car about to put Cale Yarbrough another lap down as he trails him off into the number one corner. When he gets around him, he will set his sights on Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker, the second and third place machines. They're back to Mike Joy. And Barney coming into the pits again is Richard Petty, so his problems continue. Now they do go to the right side of that car. They started to change him a moment ago, as we were saying, but Petty was down and away before they could even get an air wrench over there or a jack, but they had to come back in, so some costly time here for the Petty crew in the STP Chevrolet. And Ned, I guess you can comment. I can see it here in the number four corner. Richard Petty really wrestling the automobile out of that number four turn. And of course, it's a wide turn. There's plenty of running room. He seems to have more trouble negotiating the number four exit more so than any other car. 228 miles are complete of the Texas 400 here this afternoon. Jackie Root can update us all the way back through the field. Darrell Waltrip leads with Dale Earnhardt running second in third spot is Buddy Baker. In fourth is the Warner W. Hodgson car with Bobby Allison at the controls. Then two laps back in fifth position is Ricky Rudd. Cale Yarborough runs sixth. Terry Labonte runs seventh. Eighth to Richard Petty. Three laps off the pace in ninth position is the rookie Joe Milliken. Richard Childress runs in tenth. Eleventh to Bruce Hill. In twelfth spot is Buddy Arrington. While running thirteenth is John Rezac. Five laps back is Jimmy Means in fourteenth spot. Fifteenth to James Hill. 16th to Ronnie Thomas. In 17th position is D.K. Ulrich. Six laps back in 18th position is the Earl Canavan car. Tommy Gale runs 19th and J.D. McDuffie runs 20th. And the leader coming into the pits right now, Jackie. And this would be a scheduled pit stop for him. They have not changed the left side before, but they are going to the left side this time for Darrell Waltrip. Running in 21st position is the Henley Gray machine being wheeled by Billy Hagen. Baxter Price runs 22nd, and H.B. Bailey is being posted in 23rd. The Dygard crew have completed their efforts, and Daryl Waltrip is back and away as we work down to 116 laps completed in the Texas 400. Back at Texas World Speedway, 123 laps are completed in the Texas 400, and Bobby Allison continues to pound away on Earnhardt, and Darrell Waltrip, the leader now. He is a lap down of the leader right now. That's why he's running so strong, trying to get back in front to get in the lead lap. They go back into turn one. And at turn one, Earnhardt continues to lose a bit of ground. As they go into turn one, very high, Earnhardt's car kicks the tail out of it. He gets loose and has to gather it back in and lose a couple of car lengths. Out of turn two, Bobby Allison goes right back down to the apron and tries to get a lap back from Darrell Waltrip. Doesn't look as though it'll happen because Waltrip's really stepping on the button, but Bobby Allison trying to muster the extra horses. He looks to draw alongside and take the downstairs route into turn number three. Going up high now is the Waltrip-Dale Earnhardt combination. Earnhardt handling better in three and four than he is in numbers one and two. It's going to be a triangle again out of the turn. This time, Bobby Allison on the point showing the way. But trying the inside is Dale Earnhardt for the lead. He sneaks by Darrell Waltrip, and he has taken over the front spot, but he's glued to the rear bumper of Bobby Allison in one. Earnhardt comes up in the groove right in front of Waltrip and then sweeps way up high between turns one and two. This time it is Waltrip right down on the track. Apron coming up out of turn two, the drag race out of two. 
Earnhardt on the throttle is not going to get it. Waltrip has the lead midway down the backstretch. Down the back shoot, they hold position. It's in turns three and four where they jockey and then really shuffle exiting turn number four. Right now as they go up the banking of the number three turn, it's going to be Waltrip in a half car length of an edge over Dale Earnhardt. They both right now chase down Bobby Allison on the track racing order right now out of the turn single file with Waltrip showing it in front of Earnhardt. Well, Waltrip will lead this lap with 125 laps completed here in the Texas 400. But Ned Jarrett, the problem has been in turn one. Mike Joy reported it. Dale Earnhardt seems to be have to take a very high, wide groove there in turns one and two. We're standing beside Jake Elder right now. He's conferring with the car owner, Rod Osterlin. We'll see if we can move over here and get a word with him. Jake, is the car handling okay in turn one and two? It looks like he has to go extremely high in that turn. Do what? Is the car handling okay in one and two? It looks like he has to go extremely high there. I ain't said nothing. Are you going to have to make two more pit stops? I'll get me a yellow ink. Well, but if you don't, he's going to have to make two, and that could be a factor because Darrell Waltrip should be able to make it on one more pit stop. Well, they've swapped the lead once again, and at the stripe, Dale Earnhardt leads the Texas 400. Darrell Waltrip has been dropped back to second. Meanwhile, Buddy Baker steadfastly in the third position, but he is losing ground to the front trio, front tandem. Now it is Earnhardt right on the bottom of the racetrack at turn one. He's shown that he can run down there when he wants to. It is as if the checkered flag never came out last week at Charlotte. As Earnhardt and Waltrip continue to battle, and Waltrip has lost quite a bit of ground to the leader now. And Earnhardt showed some tricks last time in three and four as well as he did take the lower side and snuck underneath Darrell Waltrip for the advantage. So possibly hiding some cards as Earnhardt now takes a middle to a higher groove. He floats up high, but so does everybody else exiting number four. It's going to be Earnhardt on his bumper, Bobby Allison, Three car lanes back to Waltrip. Field. As they come down to the line, it will be Earnhardt's being drafted very tightly by Bobby Allison. And now Allison tries to get his lap back as they go back into one. Allison trying to handle on the bottom, and Earnhardt comes right down to the basement and shuts him off. Meanwhile, Waltrip stays way up in the high groove, almost brushing the wall between one and two, and he continues to lose ground. Out of two, it is Earnhardt four lengths ahead of the lap car, Bobby Allison, and about two seconds ahead of Waltrip. But Bobby Allison continues and tries to close. Allison mustering some good power in that 15T bird down the back straightaway. This time, Earnhardt glued down low to the racetrack. He slides up to the middle groove of turn number four. Bobby Allison takes the identical road. Likewise, Waltrip is now about eight to ten car lengths back. Leader, Dale Earnhardt. He tries to put it in victory lane for the second time this year as he leads the Texas 400, heads off into the number one corner. He would not let Bobby Allison get his lap back, and in doing so, running that hard, they have dropped Waltrip back now to looks like a little better than about two seconds. It's actually one and seven one-thousandths of a second, the separation between Earnhardt and Waltrip, but fading quickly, and he is now 14 and eight-tenths seconds behind your second-place runner, Waltrip, is Buddy Baker, who runs in the Spectra number 28. Then in fourth position, one lap off the pace is Bobby Allison, and in fifth, two laps off the pace is Cale Yarbrough. At the Texas World Speedway, they appear to be pushing Carter Benatti, the Trucksmore car of Ricky Rudd, through the pit wall. And it looks like they may be out for the day in that machine. And the sophomore Jinx continues to play the 1978 Rookie of the Year. He's had more than his share of problems this year after switching to that ride when Dick Brooks vacated it. Barney also the Miller Chevrolet, Mike Porter at the controls, now limping its way around the turn and into pit road. He was the car involved, or nearly involved, with Earnhardt a short while ago, and he has just now limped around the track and heads down to the pits. Car is coming into the pits as his car number 64, the Tommy Gale car, the Sonny King Ford Honda that is fielded by Elmo Langley of Charlotte, North Carolina. 
leader just heading up into turn number four right now continues to be Darrell Waltrip and right now he's having things his way here at the Texas World Speedway in the Texas 400. Earnhardt rides two car lengths back and for the moment he is not putting that much pressure on him and Mike Joy it looks like he might just be content to ride there for a while. They're in heavy race traffic right now, Barney, but I don't think Dar uh, Dale wants to go and burn himself out before this race is over. He wants. He remembers what happened last week at Charlotte where Waltrip on the final pit stop was able to sprint away. This afternoon, I'm sure Earnhardt would like to be sitting in victory lane. They head down the backstretch, working around lap traffic. Bobby Allison continues to lose ground to them. He ran them almost in the ground a moment ago, trying to get his lap back and get back in the same lap with the leaders. But right now, they've opened up about an eight-car separation as they move to Eli Gold. Possibly a thought also, Barney, that Dale Earnhardt might be trying at this point to get a free ride of sorts from Darrell Waltrip because the Earnhardt car has been all over the racetrack in both ends of the speedway. Right now, he's content. He's tucked in right behind. And where goes Waltrip, so goes Earnhardt. Well, Barney Hall, Dale Earnhardt learned an awful lot at Charlotte, North Carolina after placing third in the World 600 as well, battling Richard Petty on that last lap. A lot about how Richard Petty drives a race car. <laughs> I, learned, I learned a lot of things. Uh, you know, I thought I didn't run, I didn't think I ran the car too hard going in three and thought I could hold it down on the bottom, you know, but I give Richard a little bit of room and he used it and once he was under me, I couldn't do anything about it. Well, the youngster did get some schooling up at Charlotte, North Carolina. As Jake Elder said earlier here this week when they checked into the Texas World Speedway, he is learning something every weekend. And he's, after a splendid run up there last weekend, he's in good shape to win this race this afternoon if he can hang it all together. But he's losing a little ground to the leader down in turn number one now. And he has dropped off Mike Joy to about 10 car lengths back. Waltram has now gone right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He is a little faster going that way than is Earnhardt. Out of turn number two, both drivers come up to full speed down the backstretch, and Waltrip leads Earnhardt now by about seven car lengths. I would think it was about 35 laps or so ago when Earnhardt did the same thing, but all of a sudden he let the car breathe, and he was right back on the rear bumper of Waltrip. Right now they take the similar lines through the number three corner, trying to work their way by some race traffic, and here comes Earnhardt indeed. He's down to about four or five car lengths of a separation, and he continues to close off the four corner. As they come across the line, Waltrip still by about five car lengths, Jackie Root. And we're talking about this impressive young driver from Kannapolis, North Carolina, Earnhardt. You had a chance to talk with him quite a bit here this week. Well, Barney, you talk about the fact that he learns, and he always is filing things away, and he learns by his mistakes as well, and that's one of the most important things, and we'll be getting to that shortly. But right now, another one of the major rookies has fallen out of the event, the 1978 rookie, 77 rookie of the year, who now drives for Junie Dunleavy, and standing by with him is Ned Jarrett. He has pulled the Trucksmore Mercury into the garage area, and to have the hood up on it, Ricky, do you know what went wrong? Uh, it acted like it dropped a valve or something, Ned. It uh, saw a lot of smoke and vibration. I just shut it off. Ned, we've got a battle for the lead going downstairs, hot and heavy, in turn four. Dale Earnhardt has appropriated the front position in the Texas 400, and that was a nifty move, Eli Gold. Indeed, he used Jimmy Means and Tommy Gale, and Earnhardt went downtown, and there was Darrell Waltrip caught behind the traffic. A veteran move from the youngster. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Ricky, your ringing went with sweat. Is the heat a problem out there? No, I didn't really notice until after I come to a stop. You know, it's pretty hot, but I've seen it a lot hotter before. It's just really humid. Well, that's what most of them are saying. As long as they're out there and running and concentrating on what they're doing, the heat is not that much of a problem. At the Texas World Speedway, Waltrip is the leader with 147 laps completed. In the Texas 400 this afternoon, Earnhardt made a pit stop a moment ago, and he is now still in second position. But Waltrip is perhaps about 12, 15 seconds within catching him and putting him a lap down as he swings off into the number one corner, Jackie Root. Well, all
also the guy that's been in third position. That's Buddy Baker. He has also been in the pit. So, Ned Jarrett, when can we expect Waltrip to present himself on pit road? Well, let me ask that question to Buddy Parrott. Buddy, when do you expect Darrell to make another pit stop? When, when will he be stopping again? Have we been running as fast as we could? You know what you're saying? No. Are you going to be able to make it on one more pit stop? Oh, yeah, 10-4. I, I couldn't understand just so much noise down here, Ned. Yes, I believe uh, one more stop. We could, we could stop any time right now and go the distance. Well, it looks like Dale Earnhardt will have to make another pit stop, but it probably would be for gas only. That kid has really been giving you a run for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. Dale's really a super race car driver. Uh, looks like he and Daryl are really going to be racing the rest of the year. Uh, he's a rookie driver, but really, I'll tell you what, he's showing his stuff. Well, he's showing his stuff, all right, but he will have to make one more pit stop, if only for gasoline. Walter will have to make one in about the next 10 to 15 laps for a change of tires and gasoline. Well, Cale Yarborough has sniffed out the draft right now as he tries to get underneath Waltrip and get one of his laps back up in turn number three. Indeed, Cale glued down nicely on the low side. He sneaks up alongside Darrell Waltrip. Now as they both slide off the high side of turn number four, it's going to be a dead heap. No, it's going to be Waltrip tucking in behind Yarborough. Cale Yarborough gets one of his laps back on leader Darrell Waltrip as they come across the line, and Bobby Allison is beginning to close a little distance. He may get his lap back, and Mike Joy, he's catching him. Allison is doing a good job of running the car on the bottom of the racetrack, and he is reeling in the two-car draft of Yarborough and Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt at this end of the track has also gone to the bottom in an effort to take the short way around and gain some ground. Leader in the back stretch, heads they, up into turn number three. As they work down the back chute, it's still Kale Yarborough right now, has a car length or so of an advantage over Darrell Waltrip. They take the low side on the racetrack, moving by some of the race traffic that moves up to the high side. Right now, they tucked in. Waltrip is behind Kale Yarborough, about two car lengths behind. Those two hooked up in a high-powered draft, trying to keep it going and extend the advantage. Darrell Waltrip looks at Kale Yarborough's rear bumper on that Chevrolet Monte Carlo. Waltrip is your leader. Earnhardt runs in second, one lap back. Now moving into third is Bobby Allison. Buddy Baker is in fourth. And in fifth position is Kale Yarbrough, two laps off the pace. Well, less than 100 miles remain of the Texas 400 here this afternoon. Waltrip still out front. Earnhardt is second. Those two are in the same lap. As Earnhardt tries to dwindle down and catch up to the leader right now, but he isn't making much progress. Just about the same interval between those two. Bobby Allison is in third spot. He is a lap down, and riding fourth is Baker, and fifth would be Cale Yarbrough, and he's had more than his share of problems here this afternoon. But Mike Joy, it looks like he's the fastest car on the racetrack. I would say so at this point, Barney. In turns one and two, usually the fast cars will go high, to lap the traffic. Not so with Yarborough. He is running right down on the bottom of the racetrack on the apron underneath all the lap traffic and Waltrip and Bobby Allison are just trying to have to hunt and peck their way to follow him. Allison trails the leader up in turn number three now. He was a moment ago better than eight seconds back of Waltrip trying to pick up the lap that he is down and he is a hard runner. Allison will not give you anything on a racetrack and he'd like to sneak underneath and get back in the lead lap and hope for a caution to put himself right back up front as they come out of turn number four Kale is about 20 car lengths ahead. He's picked up one lap on the leader, but he's still a couple of laps off the pace. And Jackie Rude, I think the last indication we had, he's what, two or three laps down. By picking up that lap, Barney Hawley is now one lap off the lead of Darrell Waltrip in the fifth spot. Then three laps back in sixth position is Terry Labonte. Richard Petty is in seventh. Then four laps off the pace is the rookie Joe Milliken from Randleman, North Carolina. Ned Jarrett, I think the key a moment ago, Buddy Parrott said that they could keep on running for a while and come in, so now they would be able to make the distance with just the one pit stop and no problem as we're 156 laps into the race. Yes, that's uh, less than 90%.
90 miles to go, Barney, so they would be able to make it on one more pit stop if there's not another caution. Barney, maybe I should take this moment to say that the racing world this week has mourned the death of Mary Bruner, who was one of the early day people in NASCAR auto racing. Her and her husband, John Bruner Sr., were frequented NASCAR racing and officiated for many, many years ago until they retired a few years ago. And she passed away this week, and the competitors were very sorry that they were not able to be at her funeral in Daytona Beach on Friday because of having to be here. So, John, our condolences to you and the rest of the family there. Our sympathy is with you. Up in turn number four, as they come out of the corner, Waltrip has just scooted underneath Cale Yarborough and puts him another lap back in arrears as they come out of the corner. Now Bobby Allison is there as those three jockey for position. And both those drivers would like to get around Waltrip down in turn one. They're going at it in one with Bobby Allison on the low side. They lap by Baxter Price. Allison comes back up with their groove. Here goes Yarborough back down to the apron, and Waltrip comes down low to hold him off. Yarborough doesn't have running room underneath Waltrip, and they remain single file on a turn two. We 158 laps are completed in the Texas 400 here at College Station, Texas, at Texas World Speedway, and it has been since 1973, since we were here for a Winston Cup event, and Richard Petty won that one. But Petty will apparently will not win this one this afternoon unless there is a miracle set of circumstances to allow him to do so. Back in turn number one, Cale Yarborough tries to unlap himself again. This time, Yarborough has room on the low side of the racetrack. Bobby Allison will try to follow him through underneath Waltrip. Waltrip took the highway around at turn two but slides back in the draft between Yarborough and Allison. If not for the benefit of a scoreboard, you'd think this was the battle for the lead right now as Cale Yarborough leads the three-car draft up the number three corner. Darrell Waltrip sliding up a bit high. Bobby Allison trying to take advantage. He tries to draw alongside Darrell Waltrip. Allison takes it down low. Waltrip slides out to the wall. It's going to be single file on the exit. Well, Yarborough gets one of his laps back as he's moved around again. Bobby Allison just doesn't seem to be able to do anything with that Monte Carlo as the T-Bird trails him off into the number one corner. And that any indication as to when they'll bring Darrell on to pit road. He should be coming in very shortly. In fact, there's some activity in their pits right now, Barney, so I think within the next couple of laps, he'll be coming in, and while we're talking, Benny Parsons is going back into the garage area in the MC Anderson Chevrolet. He's had problems here already this afternoon with the drive shaft problem, but it looks like he's going to be out of it now. Well, Jackie, they had high hopes for Benny Parsons this year as he joined the MC Anderson team, but we talked to him a couple of times this week, and he, he feels like there's just something missing, a missing link in the team. He doesn't know what it is, can't put his finger on it, but he says if they can can find that that he thinks they can become here, winners again. Here comes your leader to the pitch. So the lead car, Waltrip, takes the Gatorade car and slams it onto pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And the scheduled pit stop, and it should be his last pit stop, about 80 miles to go. And they go to the right side, changing the right side tires. They've already changed the left side one time. Most of the drivers felt they could get by with just one change on the left side and perhaps three changes on the right side. Of course, Waltrip is now making his fourth change on the right side because of that cut tire early on in the event. He's down off the Jackson away, a good pit stop, 15 and 6 tenths seconds. Quick stop for Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade car as he goes barreling down pit road to get back out of the racetrack. Here comes Earnhardt coming down out of turn number four. Now, he will probably have to make another stop. In fact, it's almost a certainty that Earnhardt will make one more pit stop. In yes, I don't think there's any way that he can make it the rest of the way on gasoline, Barney. I don't think that he'll change tires unless there should be a caution. I think it would only be for gasoline, but he will have to stop for that. Well, the it's next, hard next. to believe that we have not had a caution flag this afternoon. That's the unbelievable thing, Barney, and that could be a tough break for people like Cale 
Yarbrough and like Dale Earnhardt because without the use of the caution where they can gather it back up, that's accounted for some of the separation that we've seen thus far in the race. It is still Waltrip, your leader, by benefiting from that 15-second pit stop. Earnhardt holds on to second. In third spot is Allison. Baker runs in fourth position, while in fifth spot is Cale Yarbrough. In sixth position is Terry Labonte. Eighth is Richard Petty. Joe Milliken is ninth. Richard Childress is in tenth position. In eleventh spot, it now belongs to the, the 67, the Buddy Arrington car. And Jimmy Means has now moved into twelfth position. James Hilton is thirteenth. That's the way they're running with 162 laps completed of the 200-lap Texas 400. Waltrip is out front as Earnhardt tries to overhaul him in the backstretch, and he doesn't seem to be making any ground. Now he's made his final pit stop. The leader, Darrell Waltrip, as Ned Jarrett reported a moment ago, can go the distance. Earnhardt apparently will have to stop again. It's almost a certainty that he will, and they have not been a caution this afternoon, and that has hurt several of the competitors, as Jackie Root brought out a moment ago. A lot of times that break can either win you a race or lose you a race or keep you in contention if you've had problems, as several of the drivers have. Here's Earnhardt in lap traffic, pulls up on the bumper of Joe Milliken and heads off into turn one. Well, here at Texas World Speedway, we're getting down to the conclusion of the Texas 400 this afternoon. 164 laps are completed in the 200-lap event this afternoon. It is still Waltrip out front. Barney, who are you going to pick for the Goodies Headache Award here in Texas for the Texas 400? It's a hard question. I'm going to have to pass for just a moment and think about it. Down in turn one, Mike Joy, you've seen a lot of the action there. The $250, it'll be voted by the press and attendance here from the Goodies Manufacturing Company for the Headache Award. Who's it going to? I think there's still a lot left to go here, Jackie, before that's decided. But Lenny Pond, if he wins the Goodies Headache Award one more time, I think he's going to have to paint that name on the side of his car as his bad luck just seems to continue here at Texas. How about it, Eli Gold? If you had a vote, which we don't, who would you cast your ballot for today? Well, I'd have to go with Mike right now, possibly Lenny Pond, though we still have a good number of laps, about 35 or so to go, and a lot can happen. But as of this moment, Lenny Pond certainly seemed to be running fairly well, things falling apart all at once and a tough break for him. My nomination is going to go not for a competitor, but for the guy that's sitting on the flag stand this afternoon, Barney Hall. Chip Warren has had to work that passing flag all afternoon. He's been doing a commendable job. And in this heat and humidity, if you don't think trying to keep 35 Winston Cup Grand National competitors in line won't give you a big headache nothing will well most of the fans never really think about the flagman what a tremendous job he does out there and has to keep the field in tow working the passing flag on the slower cars and he has to concentrate really harder than the whole field does Dale Earnhardt across the start finish line as he is in second position trying to overhaul Darrell Waltrip. Now Waltrip has changed the groove as Mike Joy pointed out a moment ago. Earlier in this race, everybody was running right against the wall down in one and two. Now all of a sudden they take it right to the bottom of the racetrack and Mikey isn't making up any ground on the leader. Doesn't seem to be as Waltrip has been able to draft right off of Cale Yarbrough, but they are changing spots up in turn three. Indeed, they've been going double file down the back straightaway last three times around, but they do take it single file through the turns, trying to pick themselves back up to a full speed. They work at single file this time. Earnhardt was hoping they continued to dice, but not so the case. Darrell Waltrip trails across the start-finish line as Yarbrough just rides the draft down to the number one corner and the thought that has to be going through Waltrip's mind at this stage of the race, he is hoping there will be no caution flag here this afternoon and he can hang it all together because he looks like a sure winner, but how many times have we said that and something goes boom and everything changes. And Barney Hall, the battle for second position is about to heat up to a constant boil down in turn number one as Dale Earnhardt looks in his rearview mirror and finds Buddy Baker chomping at the bit. Baker is closing fast, although he's been running a bit higher line than Dale Earnhardt. They are about 15 car lengths apart towards turn three. 
Of course, you talk about Earnhardt. He's a man who's got the experience, as we talked about off last week. Right now, Earnhardt continues to run a bit lower than this buddy. Baker through the number three and four corner. Now as they close and drift up towards the outside wall, Baker seems to have the acceleration, stands on the button off the corner, and he's closing. Just about 25 car lengths separate second and third spot as they work their way back into the number one corner with traffic ahead. This time at turn one, Earnhardt goes down to the bottom of the racetrack, right down to the apron. He's a full groove lower, or full lane lower than is Buddy Baker. Out of turn two, they work underneath Frank Warren's automobile, closing in on Richard Petty yet another time, but that gap continues to narrow ever so slightly between second and third spot. Right now, as Buddy Baker whisks right by Frank Warren's car, they work up to the turns again, and here's where Buddy Baker seemed to close just the last time through. It's going to be Earnhardt going way down low on the racetrack. As a matter of fact, Earnhardt seems to be taking it on the bit lower than he has all afternoon long. Really glued down low. Baker being forced to go to the high side, but again tries to close. 174 laps are completed. Just 26 laps remaining here this afternoon of the Texas 400. And Jackie Root, I think, you can update us as to the top five, exactly how they're running. Darrell Waltrip continues to lead. Dale Earnhardt is in the same lap in second position. Then one lap back is Bobby Allison in third spot. In fourth is Buddy Baker. He is also one lap behind the leaders. Then two laps off the pace in fifth position is Cale Yarbrough. The average speed continues to go down despite the fact that we have gone caution-free thus far with 175 laps just being completed. The average speed is 159.580 miles per hour. That is still a good speed in this heat this afternoon. Let's go to Ned Jarrett for an update. About everybody has made their what should be their last pit stops, Barney, excepting Dale Earnhardt. He should uh, be coming in within the next 10 to 12 laps, and it'll be interesting to see if he only takes on gasoline. And making pit stops in the last five to six laps have been Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, and Cale Yarborough, so they should be set to go to the rest of the way. And making a final pit stop and into their garage area is Baxter Price of Monroe, North Carolina, in his Iron Pedal Chevrolet. That's an unusual sponsor. It's a company in Monroe, North Carolina, that uh, sort of a used car lot for bulldozers and things of that nature, but they're helping uh, Baxter out right now, but something went awry with that car, and he had to pull it in the garage area and park it. Making a pit stop recently was young Mike Potter of Johnson City, Tennessee, who's trying to make his way into NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Racing, but other than Earnhardt, everybody should be pretty well set the rest of the way. Well, Earnhardt has to be praying for a caution flag to be able to make that pit stop under caution and put him right back on the rear deck lid of Darrell Waltrip's car, but right now he continues to stretch that interval. It's Waltrip in the lead, Earnhardt riding second, Bobby Allison third, Buddy Baker fourth, and Cale Yarborough is fifth as we get down to the conclusion of the Texas 400 here at College Station. Terry Labonte runs in sixth spot. He is three laps off the pace. In seventh is Joe Milliken, five laps off the pace. Richard Petty is in eighth and six laps off the pace. In ninth is the CRC Chemicals Machine for Richard Childress. That's the way they're running here as we're showing 177 laps complete in the Texas 400 this afternoon. Buddy Baker, who continues to hang on to the fourth position. He has won a race here. He started in four of the events, and he has won one. And he's hoping also for a caution flag this afternoon to improve his position on the track and give him a shot at a victory. We've Dale Earnhardt is slowing down at turn two. Richard Petty has pulled right up on his rear bumper, and the car seemed to wiggle quite a bit in the low groove as he came out of two. He looks to be back up at speed now, but he lost quite a bit of time there that time by. I think he might be out of gas, Mike Joy. The crew is standing by ready to bring him in. We speculated that he was going to have to come in very shortly. They have that gas can on the shoulder of one of the crew members waiting for him to come down pit road, so it probably 
coughed a little bit as he came off of that turn as it ran out of gas, so he'll be coming in this time around. Well, here he comes off the banking up in turn four and comes flying onto pit road Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, and this will be his final pit stop, so let's go back to Ned Jarrett. The car is running as he comes down pit road, so he's not completely out of gas now. They're saying just stay away, and I believe they're only, they're going to the right side to look at those tires, but now they're jacking up the left side of the car. It's been quite a while since they changed the left side tires, so that's what they're going with. A tank of fuel and left side tires, which is a little bit surprising this late in the race. So they continue to work on Earnhardt's car. It's going to be a lengthy stop. Jackie Root has the watch on him as the car is down and away in 22.37 seconds. A lengthy stop for him and just the two-tire change in fuel. About 38 miles remain of the Texas 400 here this afternoon. Jimmy Means looked to appear a moment ago. He might have lost an engine down in turn number one, but apparently he didn't drop any oil on the speedway, and there is yet to be a caution in this Texas 400. That was a very disappointing problem for the Jimmy Means machine, Barney. He has had so many problems in his Winston Cup Grand National career, and he was running so strongly this afternoon. He was posted in the 10th position, and with him going to pit road, it will move in a 10th spot. James Hilton in the Palatine Automotive entry, as Hilton has made his final stop as well and is back on the racetrack. Well, Jackie, switch my vote to Jimmy Means for the Goodies Headache Award. He's had an exceptional run here this afternoon. It's too bad to see it all go up in smoke uh, with such a short distance to the finish. So the leader is Waltrip. They have chased him all day long. He and Earnhardt had swapped the lead back and forth on numerous occasions, but now Earnhardt has had more than his share of problems, and he is a lap down to Darrell Waltrip, who shows out front in the Gatorade car. With 17 laps remaining in the Texas 400, it's Waltrip in front, Earnhardt riding second, Bobby Allison is third, Buddy Baker is fourth, and Cale Yarborough is fifth. The average speed now down to 159.78 miles an hour, but that's not a bad speed considering that they have run caution-free and it has been extremely hot. But, Ned, the attrition rate has not been nearly as high as we anticipated. No, it has not, Barney, particularly when you consider the heat and also the fact that the track is rougher than it was when they last left here because of the weather over the years has taken its toll on the track. Uh, they all uh, anticipated some problems with the cars, but as hard as they've run here this afternoon, the attrition rate has been really low. And Barney, as you watch this run once again by Darrell Waltrip from Franklin, Tennessee, driving for the Charlotte, North Carolina-based Guard Racing Team, you have to begin to wonder. This team is going for the Winston Cup Grand National Championship, and after all the turmoil, we talked to Darrell and we talked to Jim Gardner, and communications now seems to be the key for this team. They really are communicating verbally and non-verbally. Well, they know if, uh, we, we can make the car go fast. We know that, but it also has to be comfortable. And uh, I'll come in a lot of times, and I'll, and they'll say, boy, that was good. And I'll say, well, we got to work on it. And they'll say, why? I said, well, I can't drive it. I, you know, I can't drive it this way for 500 miles. And, we, and they know when I tell them that we got to do something to the car, that, uh, that we got to get it done. And uh, that's, like you say, that's good communication, and it's good understanding. And, of course, when you turn out to be right more than you, be, than you are wrong, well, then that gives them confidence in what I'm telling them. 188 laps are being indicated as completed on the board of the Texas 412 laps to go for leader Darrell Waltrip, who he can put it all together. Last weekend he won at Charlotte, North Carolina in the World 600. That was his back-to-back -back victories up there as he goes for the 19th. 
79 Winston Cup Point Championship. You heard from Jim Gardner, the president of Diegard, and Waldrop himself, who said that is their primary goal this year is for him to be the Winston Cup champion. He's on his way to that. Right now he's locked in a torrid battle. Jackie Rudin has been all season with Bobby Allison for the Winston Cup Point Championship. But it looks as if Darrell Waltrip, as we get into the stretch drive, going into the final second and third legs of the Winston Cup Grand National Championship, and as we head to Riverside, California, Barney Hall, where it all started for Darrell Waltrip and the Diegard Racing Team, that he has the advantage. The momentum is on the side of the Diegard Gatorade Racing Team, and it will be tough for the Warner W. Hodgson team, Bobby Allison, and the rest of the Winston Cup Grand National competitors to turn things around in less luck sours for Darrell Waltrip. And Cale Yarborough, who had such high hopes this year of doing something nobody's ever done. Ten laps to go as they come across the stripe. Ten to go for leader Darrell Waltrip as he swings off down to the number one corner. Yarborough had hoped to make it four consecutive championships, something nobody's ever done. And here's Earnhardt presenting himself on pit road. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. And he's wiggling the car as he comes down pit road. Apparently he's out of gas. He should have had enough gas to go the rest of the way, but that's what they're doing. They're capping it off with gas, and he's away already. Well, they're just going to top the tank on Earnhardt's machine as we have 10 laps to go in the Texas 400. From Texas World Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. At Texas World Speedway, seven laps remaining in the Texas 400 this afternoon as Darrell Waltrip just continues to have things his way right now. Earnhardt, who made a lengthy pit stop, and we gave you some misinformation on that. They did apparently change a tire on that. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Yes, they did, Barney. I was looking straight at Buddy Baker. Coming Whoa, out. trouble over in turn number three. Indeed, it's Dale Earnhardt who spins the automobile. He hits the wall once, twice, three times. The car now is up, rim riding up against the outside retaining wall. Nose first into the high wall. Now as Earnhardt starts sliding down off that high banking, here comes some race traffic. Earnhardt puts the binders on the automobile. James Hilton slows down. The right front side of the car has been totally pushed in. Right now, Earnhardt just stands on the binders. Everybody takes the low side, and Earnhardt not in immediate danger. And Barney Hall, he walloped the wall. He was going directly into the apex of that turn, heading into the high banking, when it looked as if something let go from beneath the machine, and he just kissed the concrete on the high side. Well, he had stretched the tires a, a long way as it possibly could have cut a tire. One might have let go. Who knows? But anyway, the car got away, and it did bang the wall twice. And as Jackie Root said, he hit it a, a real hard lick over in turn number three. The car has come to rest up the outside lane. No contact with any other cars. Let's go back for an update on that accident to Eli Gold. Well, it's pretty much as we said. The car came off that long back straightaway and just never did turn. It just went straight up into the high point of the turn and kissed the wall hard on the right front, bounced off, hit it again, then grazed the wall for about, oh, I'd say short of about 50 feet. And then the car began to start sliding down off the banking. That's when the James Hilton car came by. He swerved out of harm's way. And as I said, there was no no contact with any other car, but it does, as we see, bring out the caution at 195. So what a tough break for Dale Earnhardt here this afternoon after a super run for the lead with Waltrip. They had diced all afternoon for the lead, and he's crashed in turn number three. The car continues to rest over there, so he's going to finish far back in the field. Meanwhile, Waltrip has elected to pit Ned Jerry. Yes, he has, and he's taking on all four tires, Barney, with just uh, five laps to go, just a precautionary measure. He has a good lead now with Dale Earnhardt out of it, and I'm going to speculate and say that there is something wrong with the left side of the car on Earnhardt's car because the last two pit stops they made was for left side tires and they should not have had to stop. We were trying to describe their pit stop when the accident happened over there. So something must have gone wrong with the left side of that car as they worked on it the last time in, which was unscheduled. Buddy Baker had made a very short stop for just to take on a little bit of gasoline before that uh, caution came out. But I believe there, there was something with that car that caused him to uh, 
have that accident. Well, as quickly as the car took off to the wall, I would say something did break or malfunction on the machine. I don't think he lost it because he was going in the corner jack and it just set sail right into it. And Barney, the preliminary word we received from the turn is that Dale Earnhardt is perfectly all right. Let's go to Eli Gold for an update. Right, Dale now making his way out of the car. We see the gold uh, racing uniform. Dale right now, interesting with the field already having gone by, Earnhardt is crawling around on hands and knees, a pretty good feat in its own right up on the high bankings of the turn. He's trying to just check underneath and make a preliminary check as to see exactly what happened. Again, the right front side of the automobile pretty well indented. As we check the retaining wall, there are four clear marks that were not there earlier. The three preliminary hits, including that long one just at the apex of the turn, and then the slide marks that Earnhardt made as the car came to rest. Right Right now the wrecker is pulled up and the hook being applied as the field is under caution. So it's possible this race might finish under caution here this afternoon. The NASCAR safety crews and speedway officials are over checking that turn, cleaning up any debris that might have been dropped by Dale Earnhardt as he has crashed over in the turn three area. Barney, there's, they're sparing no expense on these front-running cars as Bobby Allison just went out of the pits to change of all four tires. Now Buddy Baker is going out to change of all four tires. Cale Yarber and the Bush Chevrolet is in right now, and they're changing all four tires on that car. And I'm sure the reason being that they were afraid they might have run over some debris maybe cut a tire down that don't want to take that kind of a chance so they came in and changed them even though there's just a few laps left in this race and barney if we should resume to green flag racing the battle for second and for second and third has heated up to a boil as you would say in second spot is bobby allison and buddy baker is in third and the report that we are getting is that that would be a battle to the line to the finish for position number two another reason for new tires on those cars so they can go just as hard as they possibly can so with 196 laps being indicated on the scoreboard here at Texas World Speedway, the complexion has changed, although it has not changed for Waltrip. That just takes a little pressure off him of any circumstances that might have cost him a shot at a victory here this afternoon. He has been in the pits, as Ned reported a moment ago, changed all four tires around the car, has a healthy lead on the field. Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade machine as he comes across the line. There should be seven, correction, there should be three laps remaining in the Texas 400 Barney, this afternoon. We, Jim Norton, our runner, has just went down and checked with Jake L to see what caused that over there and he said that the rear end locked up on the car and it started shimmying uh, shaking vibrating as he went into that turn and he had no control of it and that could be they were working on the left side of that car and maybe the problem existed before he actually went into that turn and right now here in the turn the safety crews continue the manual task of just picking up pieces of debris that evidently have flown off the car upon the impact, and that's the delay. The hooker is there. The car is seemingly ready to be moved from our look at it, but they are going about the task of picking up the minuscule pieces of debris. The biggest problem they're having, Barney Hall, is the front end of the car is literally buried into the pavement here as the whole front end has gone down. Now the tow truck is working very nicely. They're bringing it down to the low side, and we'll see if this race will resume to green flag action as it goes beneath the yellow flag of starter chip war, and we will have two laps to go. So with two laps remaining in the Texas 400 here this afternoon, we've had just this one caution flag, and it came out with about six laps remaining right now. The safety car with a field in tow leads them up in front of Eli Gold. They have got the car off the banking, and we're still waiting, hoping they can get it back to green because it would be a chase to the line, as you pointed out, Jack, between the second 
and the third place cars of Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker. And it will be a run to the finish, flat out and belly to the ground. Starter Chip Warren has his finger extended out in front of the entire field. The Chevrolet pace car has the field in tow. Next time by, we will be back for a late race trophy dash to the finish with Waltrip in front, Allison in second, Baker in third. Remember, Baker and Allison will be going for position. Cale Yarbrough is running in fourth position. But he is a lap off that pace as far as chasing in there for the number two spot. Field works in front of Mike Joy. It ought to be a dandy. The leaders that have made pit stops begin to work their way back up on the outside for the double file restart. Waltrip will, of course, head that pack. He's got Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, and Cale Yarbrough locked right in with them as the lap cars move to the bottom, coming up behind the safety car. That's the way they'll run up in the outside groove for that dash to the checker. Let's add an extra element right here. The number 96, Jim Hurlburt's been having some problems all afternoon. That car now just is rolling towards the entrance on the pit road. It's going to be interesting as the Hurlburt car comes down pit road, trying to get out of the way of the safety car that's clearly going to make that quick dash down and let them fly for one lap. Well, Barney, it will now. They've changed it. They've checked the scoring tapes. It will be the green flag this time, the white flag the time after that, and then the checkered flag. So this will be a break for Buddy Baker and Bobby Allison. They'll have two laps to go at it, hammer and tongue. Safety car with a field in tow leads them up into turn number three, and it's going to be interesting to see if Waltrip gives them any breathing room as he is a lap up on the field, but I don't think he's going to let them try and get the lap back on himself either as they get ready to come up to full power up in turn three and four. Here comes the safety car, puts some daylight. The safety car not getting out of its way all that quickly. Now it steps on the gas. Here comes Waltrip, the quick restart, and they're racing. Green flag for the field. Two laps to go as they come across the stripe. Waltrip pulls ahead of Allison by eight car lengths, although he is a lap up. But the battle will be for the number two spot in front of Mike Joy. Coming into turn one, Allison leaves Baker by three car lengths. Put my money on Baker if he can get to the bottom of the racetrack. He's run that slingshot off of two very successfully, but Cale Yarbrough is on the bottom, and Baker starts to fade just a bit. Allison's going after the leader in the backstretch. Bobby Allison trying to work on the rear deck lift there of Darrell Waltrip right now. The second situation we've got to watch is Buddy Baker. He's alongside Cale Yarbrough. Cale's on the low side. Buddy Baker taking the high side. They work the middle groove of turns number three and four. The battle for second place. Allison tucked right back in behind Darrell Waltrip. Then comes Yarbrough. Then comes Baker. Here they come. Down to the stripe. Waltrip white flag for Darrell Waltrip, but the battle continues to be for that number two spot as they head back into one. Buddy Baker moves up past Cale Yarbrough. He'll have that low groove this time out of turn two if he wants it, but Baker goes to the high side. He and Bobby Allison, the Ford, and the Chevrolet are are dead even out of turn two. Yarborough comes back to play the spoiler role in the backstretch. It is Allison for second. Here comes Baker up the outside. Baker has it nose to nose with, with Kale Yarborough. They work their way towards turn number three. It's going to be the first Texas victory for Chevrolet. The battle now for second place, Bobby Allison. He's right tucked in behind Darrell Waltrip. Buddy Baker tucked right in, and it doesn't look as though Baker's going to have room for a slingshot. As they come down to the line, Waltrip is out front. Allison trying to hold off Buddy Baker, and he will do it and winning the Texas 400 will be Darrell Walter finishing second. Bobby Allison, third position, will go to Buddy Baker, and fourth will be Cale Yarborough. The 1979 Texas 400 is history, and the winner is Darrell Waltrip. He's done it again, Barney Hall, in convincing fashion with a lap over second place and shades of Charlotte, North Carolina. The battle for second went right down to the wire, but you can't take anything away from the Die Guard Gatorade Racing Team. Phenomenal success thus far in the Winston Cup circuit, and I'm going to put my money, the farm, and everything else on the fact that he's going to have one heck of a time going for the Winston Cup Grand National Championship. I think he can do it. Well, that's his ultimate goal, and as Jim Gardner said when he was in our booth a little bit earlier, he is here now with a big smile on his face. We may have a chance to talk with him 
after we conclude victory lane ceremony. Well, Darrell Waltrip is making his way to victory lane. Ned Jarrett is standing by there, and a very happy Jim Gardner is topside here. And Jim, you said you didn't want to go to victory lane, and I think, again, it establishes your whole team concept. We have enough people going out there now. The super people in this uh, sport of racing, the unsung heroes, are right out there now. And I hope they get bask in all the glory that they deserve. Richard, we're happy for them. We love them. They're like my sons. Well, you've got to be extremely pleased with the last two weeks as well. It's just been phenomenal and convincing wins. You flat put it on everybody two weeks in a row. We're going to continue right to the end of the season. Hopefully put on good shows for people to come out and see NASCAR Grand National Racing, uh, a sport which most people don't understand. But I think it'll be great. Come on out and watch us. We're great. Very emotional. Jim Gardner here after his driver, Darrell Waltrip, has had two consecutive victories now. He won the World 600. Actually, it's three, Jackie, because he won that sportsman race up at Charlotte last weekend. He's climbing out of the car. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett in victory lane. Well, he had to have a drink a Gatorade before he would uh, even attempt to get out of the car, and he wanted to dry his face off. Darrell uh, is getting where he wants himself uh, very presentable when he walks into victory lane. Darrell, congratulations on another fine win. Oh, thank you, Ned. Uh, everything just went absolutely unbelievable. I, I knew we were going to run good today, but I never thought we'd run that good. Uh, and, and Buddy and the boys did a great job in the pit, and uh, the car performed great, and I'm just tickled to death. I really want to thank uh, Gatorade and uh, Goodyear and all the people that make it possible for us to Run the way we did today. We run hard. I thought it was a good race. Uh, I naturally, I thought it was a good race. I would like to say hello to everybody back in uh, Owensboro and Franklin, Tennessee, and Kerrville. <laughs> Darrell, it was awfully hot out there today. You're covered with perspiration, but it looks like you came through it pretty well. Well, I'm a little weak right now, Ned, but uh, a couple of shots of this Gatorade, and I'll be back on my feet going strong. Well, I'll tell you, if that's not a commercial, I don't know what is. So it's a happy Darrell Waltrip down in Victory Lane, and you can tell he's kind of winded here from running 400 miles at Texas World Speedway and some of the, the most brutal heat I guess we've seen anywhere this year, Jackie Root. Well, Barney, I think more so than the heat, because we have a lot of heat when we go to the Firecracker 400. It's the humidity here in the heartland of Texas that really can create problems. It did create some problems, I think, in terms of carburation for a lot of the front runners. But I think probably the biggest key here, and what made this win so convincing, is the fact that we went almost down to the wire without benefit of a caution. And that made Darrell Waltrip and the rest of the crew have to work that much harder to build up such a commanding lead. Well, that team is definitely together, as we talked about it all day in our broadcast. It came to the front last weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina. He started out the season very convincingly winning at Riverside, California. And incidentally, that's the next stop on the tour next weekend, or this coming weekend, we will be in Riverside, California for the Napa 400. And Barney, one of the, the members that helps to keep that crew going is Stevie Waltrip, Darrell's wife. She's beside of us now and looking very calm and cool, as she always does in Victor Lane and uh, in... Uh, the pits in performing her job. Stevie, you got to be proud again. I am. If you could unzip my front, you'd see lots of kangaroos jumping around in there. I'd like to say hello to Mother and Dad and Daryl's Mother and Dad and tell uh, my cousins here in Texas and especially my Aunt Jim that we did it all for you. Well, I'll tell you, you did a fine job. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Now back to you, Barney. Oh, a happy victory lane for Darrell Waltrip here at the Texas World Speedway this afternoon. It's his first win here, Jack. I think he finished second one time to Richard Petty in the last race we ran here in 1973. So from Texas World Speedway, this is Barney Hall, Jackie Root, Mike Joy, Eli Gold, and Ned Jarrett saying so long. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network. 
with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.